Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello, hello, Ruel. Are you there? I think they can't. Audience, can you hear Ruel? Because if not, I have made a terrible, terrible mistake. They're too busy hugging each other. Yep, they cannot hear you. All right. Um, then you can chat with them for a second uh, with your fingers while I, I know what I did wrong and I totally forgot to fix this before we went live. Because I'm a doofus. Yes, I am. I'm a doofus. Oh, I, that doesn't even rhyme. Alrighty. So I need to come over here and I need to point this output device to... Right, where is it? I need to point the output device to... Not A or B, just the regular one. Right. Coming back over to the Discord. The Discord. Um, yeah, virtual audio cable. Boom. So, and if I save that, then hopefully... Now the folks can hear you. Okay, friends, let's uh, see if you can hear me now. I am speaking. Hopefully you can hear me. Let us know in chat. Please do. And also, oh, sound yes. good? All right, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Normally in the countdown, while we're waiting for us to go live and doing last minute things, we were, were today we realized, oh my gosh, we're able to talk. Normally we can't do that. In the back of my head, I was thinking, oh, that means I didn't fix stuff. And I sure did not. <laughs> but that's okay. Let's see. And uh, we were also talking right before we went how um, lately I've been a bit louder than you. So I'm going to bring myself down a scooch. So I'm kind of okay. hovering in the low yellows. There we go. Right around there. And then you talk okay. for a bit and let's see where you're hovering. Yeah. Okay. So I'm talking right now. This is my, my normal voice. and ready to talk about games. Um, it does say, Goblin says it's quiet and out of sync. Okay, that's probably before we, uh, start to, um, work on this stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. About even though Bing says, okay, sound on both okay. ends, meeples and mocktails. Okay, cool. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Woohoo! All right. I, 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 I'm very hard to, uh, to, uh, balance for, because once I get going, uh, I just creep up and up and up and up. Whereas I think you're kind of slow and steady. You know, whatever your enthusiasm level, you still just come in. I probably need to install some filter limiter, some such things, which I've never actually messed with. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think think it is time for me to grow up and uh, learn to use uh, volume maximizer, (laughs) who's it, what's it. But in the meantime, hey, Flashburn, thanks for resubscribing for two months. Uh, We are slowly working our way up to the next RVR. We have a new RVR we have to do this month, Ruel, and I have no idea what we should do. Yeah, I was, you know, we talked about this the other day. Uh, do we have, uh, we do have a date set though, right? Um, um, that does sound right. I believe we did choose a date. It yeah, was like maybe the Thursday, third Thursday. Right? I want to say like Thursday the 24th, maybe. I am, that, that sounds um, correct. Pulling yes. it up just to make sure, folks. Okay. Set your uh, calendars for. Do, do, do. No, not the 24th. The 21st. The 21st. 21st of this okay, month. There it is. Um, which, coincidentally, I didn't realize this when I proposed this as a date. That's um, the day of Jen's and my anniversary. Oh, congratulations yep. in you. advance. And I mean, do you want to take that day off? To no, 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 or? no, no. It's totally okay. fine. Okay. I, I, uh, ask us what we did for our 30th wedding anniversary, Well, 
Hey, Rado, what'd you do for your 30th anniversary? Nothing. We forgot. <laughs> you forgot? <laughs> yep. We also forgot our I... 10th wedding anniversary, I think, as well. Oh, wait, is that? I think oh. someone has challenged someone to a duel. Uh-oh. What is oh, going on? Nice. Let's put them in the foreground. I see. Can I watch it? All right. Well, it was a Duck of Death versus Kabuki Kid. Ooh. In a battle for the ages. So what happens? They go. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Kabuki <laughs> swings and misses, getting Duck of wow. Death a big step up. Oh, Kabuki is on the ropes now. And Miss Kabuki misses again. She's totally panicking. Perhaps she should pull that bandana around from her eyes. Or she needs some 3D. A third miss in a row for Kabuki. Wow. Duck of Death is untouchable. <laughs> no doubt she is blinded by her stars. And then the coup de gras. Oh. And uh, what were they? They were dueling for 10 coins. Which, come on, you two. You've been on the show a long time. You should be dueling for like 100 coins or 500 coins. Make it something, you know, uh, exciting there. But, uh, right. That was, that was fun. All right. That's hilarious. I love it. Yeah. Let's see here. So, cool. but, folks, we are not here to watch you duel amongst yourselves. We are here to, um, well, fulfill your other needs because, well, we have such a ridiculously long list of uh, reward requests. So we yeah, just need to I get just, to it. Yeah, and I just, as I as we were, you were fixing the audio stuff, I saw a few more people request stuff yes. as well. So, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things happening Folks, uh, uh, we appreciate your patience as we get through the list of things we need to do. Yep. Ruel was pointing out before we went live today, it's probably time for me to start raising the rates a little bit because probably a bunch yeah. of you are sitting on thousands of points now. And yep. uh, so there might be some inflationary uh, adjustments going on very soon. I might have to play mm-hmm. the Fed and, and mess with interest rates or something like that. But in the meantime, <laughs> uh, let's just, uh, again, we're going to skip the argument for now. And again, my apologies to Exacting Vampire. We will argue, I promise. But in the meantime, uh, 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 Din Rawls, two weeks ago, Ruel, asked us a very simple question. There can be only one, Ruel. Trajan or Bruges? Oh. Okay. Uh, for me, it's an easy choice. I have not played Bruges, so really? Trajan. Well, yeah, does that mean I you, I mean, you play Trajan? You know Trajan. Don't you want to play Bruges? Um, I do, but if it's only one, I mean, I have to go with what I know, right? What if I play Bruges and it's not for me, then yeah. I'm sort of stuck. Yeah. Whereas Trajan, I know, okay, I like it. Fair know? enough, fair enough. Yeah, what about, okay, so that's easy like for me. Well, for me, it's yeah. uh, it's Trajan as well. Um, yeah. Actually, I'll be honest, Bruges is one of my less favorite fells. Uh, and it's not to say I don't like it, but, um, you know, at, at first I thought it was okay, and I, I was I was fine with the random swing of luck element of it because so much of that game is just drawing cards blind and hoping for the best and oh you got the perfect thing you wanted and oh i've done it four times and i've gotten crap every single time and oh sure i can do other things with this card but it'd really be nice if just the thing i wanted showed up in my back pocket so um you know so that was always just kind of stuck with me a little bit but to be fair they have fixed that with the sequel homburg uh, because, you know, oh. Bruges is not getting a reprint. Bruges is getting a re-theme 2.0-ification. It's uh, published by Queen Games now. It should be coming out this year, Homburg. Yep. And the thing about that one is there's not just... Well, you don't know Bruges. Uh, Bruges, there's one big master deck... Or there's two master decks of cards you draw from. And you, mm-hmm. you don't know exactly what you're getting, but you know the color of the card you're going to get. And both decks are just shuffled up randomly. Now, all the different color cards are put in their own decks. 
Um, so when you go, you okay. can know, okay, I don't know what I'm getting, but I know what color I'm getting. And you can target much more specifically what you want. And having played that, I like it much more. So if the question was Trajan versus Hamburg, that would be a trickier one. Because Hamburg okay. really levels up the game in a significant way for me. At this point, nice. I'd probably still go Trajan, kind of for the same, I mean, because I've played them both a bunch. But yeah. honestly, if it were Jen, I think she'd go Hamburg over Trajan. And she loves Trajan, but she okay. really, really loves Bruges. I mean, loves it to nice. pieces. And so, and Hamburg getting even better. Uh, I think that would be where where that one comes in. And Blunderbuss TV rated us with 38 viewers just this very moment. Well, wow! Welcome to the party, new pals. How are you welcome, doing, Blunderbuss? Yeah, yeah. So, thank folks you, that don't know Blunderbuss uh, TV, that is the collaboration between the brothers Murph, Paula Deming, and um, Matthew Jude. They have launched this new channel where they're doing a bunch of non-board game stuff as well. What the so, what? When did this happen? Yeah. They they just uh, this was a I think like a month ago a few weeks ago so thank you friends for joining us from wow. uh, Blunderbuss TV. Well, what yeah. was what was the uh, non gaming topic? And I should warn uh, they you, were folks, doing it's gonna no, be all playing, games today here. Well, actually, that's not true. Yeah. We're we're gonna have we're in the pre show right now. Anything could happen right now, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. So the stuff they're doing like uh, uh, video games, RPGs, and oh, stuff okay. like that. So out just uh, you know board game adjacent. I would the call the stuff it. Twitch people want to see basically. <laughs> exactly. They're right? trying to work their way up the Twitch algorithm. If if there is such a thing. <laughs> yeah. Fair hey, enough. whatever works. You know. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. Well, um, hey everybody, welcome. We are in the pre-show right now. We have a big backlog of tasks that the audience has requested of us by spending channel points. You just missed the. Um, there can be only one Trajan versus Bruges. Uh, the answer for both of us was Trajan. Although yeah. Hamburg makes a big, you know, which is the replacement for Bruges. Let's see. Yeah. And then uh, next up, last week, Super fourteen ninety one requested of this or that. Which is very, very cool. Oh. I enjoy this or that. Okay, folks, so for the next few minutes, bombard us. Um, deluge us with this or that type simple questions. You know, um, uh, Luke Skywalker or Han Solo. Darth Vader or Thanos. Peanut butter or jelly. And we will answer your questions as best we can. And we'll do this for a few minutes. Which actually, I have to admit, yep. doesn't get asked very much, but it's one of my favorites. Uh, let's see. I, I, I like this one too. Yeah, here, here we go. There's a bunch of Are they, are they starting right. to come in? Then uh, bring They are starting to come in. Here we go. Rosenberg or Feld? Wow. Oh, Feld, Feld, Feld. As, for me, it's a little closer. Yeah. Um, gosh, Rosenberg? Maybe? Really? Well, here's what a, here's is so a, important in Rosenberg's Uve? What's in Uve's Uve <laughs> that you must take it over Feld's felicitations? No, that's terrible. I didn't work. Anyway. Two, thing, two things push it over for Uve for me. Number one, he does more polyomino games, and that's more mm. mine and Michelle's jam. That's true. Second thing is Feld, for whatever reason, the reason I don't know why he always picks these publishers. The colorblind issues. His games are horrible. You're right. They never give you know? it a second. So there is always red, blue, yeah. green, and yellow every yeah. single time. Yeah. And then there's like beiges and tans. I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, you know, really? So Can't and as that. much as I mean, uh, Castles of Burgundy. I mean, it's so it's ranked so high on my list, and I love it. But I had to manually, you know, write stuff on my board and my player pieces in order to play that yeah, game. Yeah. So here's why we're me, terrible so, at this or that. We're supposed to be banging through these. Oh, yeah. We're, we're talking... Uh, which Okay, here. Night or day? Oh, day. Nope. Mm. Uh, yes, I prefer sunshine and daylight. 
Definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I do too. Yeah, it, it's a close call because I, I tend to work better late at night, but then I enjoy the daytime. So uh, let's continue here. A cardboard or... What? Cardboard or plastic cards? Plastic cards. Um, I, Yeah, I, I think I have seen some games that have plastic cards. They're really much sharper and crisper. I hate them every time I ever get... Because they're much harder to shuffle. I like riffle yeah. shuffling. So, yep. you know, plus there's the sustainability, reusability, recyclability issue. So, yeah, definitely, um, you know, card stock cards over plastic cards any day of the week. Same. For me. I, I, haven't, I haven't come across so many plastic cards that, that I like. Yeah, they're not that common. Yeah. But, they're, you know, they're, they're okay, super about, tough. They last forever, obviously. Yeah. What about Linnaeus asks, game storage, vertical or horizontal? Um... I I have always preferred the verticality because I like my walls to feel more like they're a bookshelf so I can feel all snooty and upper class. Yeah. Look at my massive library. <laughs> um, it, uh, and you know, I have actually had some boxes get kind of crushed because, oh, here's like six heavy boxes on top and I didn't quite realize they were a little bit bigger than the box that I happened yeah. to put at the bottom. And so I, now they've got like this kind of divot on my... You know, I've, I've got a few of those. Yeah, yeah. I... I, I lean towards vertical because, yes, it does look cooler. Um, but honestly, I'm going to show you, folks. All right, right do here. it. I have a copy of Marrakesh stacked up like this. And what? then, look at this. <laughs> I do a mix of both. Your answer <laughs> is all of them. Yeah, totally. All, all of the above. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm totally gaming the system. But, hey, yep. that's, that's what it is. Okay, here's a leisure activity. Fishing or hunting? Neither, neither. neither? Uh, okay. I, although if, if you made me do one, it would be fishing. But yeah. I realized, uh, you know, I, I did actually a fair bit of fishing when I grew up on a boat. Hey, there's a story I can tell in a trivia section someday. Did you know I grew up on a boat, Ruel? We should talk about that someday. Yeah, yeah I think we, we have. Oh, you, have we covered or maybe that? Yeah. Tell me offline. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it always drives me nuts. People say, oh, yeah, I fish, but don't worry. I always throw the fish back in. Really? You throw the fish back in with a big gouging wound in their cheek. <laughs> you really made their day. They're so happy that um, just for your own fun and amusement, you decide, oh, I just like fishing, but I throw them back in. It's like, gosh, yeah. it's just horrible. They're, they're both terrible. I, I say neither. Cultured meats. Petri dish meat. That's what I want. That's the future. I am counting <laughs> the days until all of my meat consumption is that. I would I, I look forward to the day when we could do you know petri uh, meat. Um, I have fished and I've hunted. I used to be a regular fisherman. Mm-hmm. I, I would go out. We would rent boats and but we would never do it for you know just to catch and release. We would actually catch our fish and eat them. Well, we, that's a better know, thing and, to do. If I mean I, yeah. to me, it's catch and release to me is kind of gross. It's just yeah. Oh, yeah. You could also call it fish torture. We're gonna go out and uh, torture fish today. <laughs> that's right. But I do. I still enjoy. I haven't gone in a while, but I, I do enjoy uh, fishing. Uh, let's go. Um, a theme. Okay, here's a board game related one. All right. Theme. Med- Train in the Mediterranean or medieval cities. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. wow. Okay. I like both a lot. That's yeah, a, I know this that's is definitely a really, What about you? I'm gonna. Uh, I, I'm gonna lead toward lean towards medieval cities. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just because I like I like bu- some building something right, but then oh man. Trading in the Mediterranean. I mean, trade in Mediterranean, I immediately think of Concordia, one of the all-time greats. Of course, yeah, um, and you would be right to do so. I mean, yeah. it's really, I mean, oh. they're, they're both, you know, in the same genre. It's just a ma- mention of scale. Am I focusing on one city or am I focusing on the entire, you know, Mediterranean? Because uh, you could be doing right. similar things in both types of games. Mm-hmm. I mean, based on my Malta background, I'm inclined to go trade in the Mediterranean, 
But I bet you anything, if you did a quick survey of my top 100, I've got more city games than Mediterranean, so I'm probably going to go cities as well. Oh, okay, cool. All right, we got a bunch now. Let's go. Okay, fire let's go. We got to go, go, go. All right. Um, roll and write or flip and write? Roll. Roll. I, I like dice better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next is permanent daylight saving or standard time. What's the difference? That's. I was just going to ask you the same thing. Isn't it the well, same? Okay. Thing? Oh, oh no. Okay. What that means is either way, getting rid of the having to switch all the time, and uh-huh. um, and and the question is, oh. okay, do we want to permanently be one hour ahead or normal? My answer is, I don't care either. Just pick yeah. one. I have seen I, I, thought pieces on this pointing out that, look, there's pro- both of them are compromises. Neither of them are perfect. But just freaking pick one. This literally kills people every year. People die because of this stupid, antiquated system that only existed yeah. because of wartime profiteering garbage. Get rid of all of it. Yeah, I, I agree. Just pick one and let's go with it. Yeah. Boom, done. Uh, oh, wartime profiteering uh, is unfair, oops. but... Yeah, anyway. Yeah, oh, shoot. I just... Uh, deleted a bunch of these my bad no! uh, here we go dark chocolate or white chocolate white any dark dark, dark chocolate every or, or as, as i like to call it um uh, sweetly flavored dirt dirt <laughs> with a little bit of sugar thrown in and a nice uh, barky aftertaste those of us with more refined palates prefer <laughs> dark chocolate <laughs> i am you know my funny? house is a wash in dark chocolate jen loves dark chocolate so much um, oh, okay. And to me, yeah. it all tastes like baking chocolate. Ugh. <laughs> and I know, I guess, you know white I mean, chocolate is is an anathema, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fond of it. I like the smooth creaminess of it. Yeah, I used to. I mean, I was a white chocolate guy for years, but late, just over the last few years, my taste have changed to dark chocolate. Okay, uh, ice cream or frozen yogurt? Oh, ice cream. Yeah, definitely ice cream. There's yeah. no, yep, not yep, even yep, close. Yep. I think. Um, no compromise. Yeah. Yep. No compromise at all. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tim asks, farming or trading? Oh, as a theme. Um, as a theme, Well, yeah. trading, I assume that's just going to be more broad about, you know, engaging in trading in the game, not trading between players. You know, e- economic right. trade simulations as opposed to farming simulations. That's yeah. a really interesting one. I think I'm more engaged in trading, even though, I mean, I love I, farming simulations, but I think of the two, I'd rather... Yeah. Well, you you uh, you said the exact thing. Um, like why I prefer trade is the engagement, right? Yeah. It's more to me. It's more engaging. Yeah. Far- and there's farming wrong is farming. fine. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I I, yeah, I, 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 like I love a good farming yeah. simulation, but if I had to pick, yeah. uh, if you had to pick, vampires or werewolves? <laughs> um, <sighs> boy, I don't really care about either. Yeah, I'm trying same. to think of a vampire or a werewolf <laughs> that I actually care about. In any pop culture, and then that will be the one I choose. Can you think of one? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously the big one's Dracula, and then the werewolf is what the Wolfman or whatever. I just oh, for oh, me it's um, Lost Boys vampires. Okay, Lost Boys vampires. I'm going with Lost werewolves in the Shadows. <laughs> Teen Wolf, man. Teen Don't... Wolf. That's a wolf. <laughs> wolf. Yeah. I'll put the. I'll put the. Okay. I'll, I'll put early '80s uh, Kiefer. And Jason Patrick up against Michael J. Fox in Day of the Week. It's all about those losses. Really? Oh, wait, okay. Maybe that's our argument. Uh, Michael J. Fox <laughs> is the man. Come on. The 80s. No, in general, me. if you want to tell your entire Uber, of course. I'm just talking about okay. specifically Teen Wolf versus Lost Boys. Okay, gotcha. I, so, I'm, but I'm we're both. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, books or Kindle? Um, Boy, I, I, I wish I read enough to actually say. Yeah. Uh, um, 
I get, I mean, just because for the convenience factor. I mean, actually, uh, that's another story I could tell in a trivia segment, but uh, I, I guess I'd go Kindle. And really? um, the I, actual proper yeah. e-ink versions. Not on your okay. phone. The real, oh, right, it literally right. does hydrostatic stuff and rearranges the ink on a screen. So you're actually looking at real ink, not a, uh, you know, a screen. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm going books. I'm old school. Give, sure. give me Nothing the wrong with that. Yep. Uh, and so a related question here. Books or movies? Oh. Uh, if you'd said books or TV, then I'd have a hard time. Yeah. But... And the, you know, I'm get, I am losing so much interest in movies in general. It is harder and harder and harder to find a movie I actually enjoy. Yeah. Period. I, so yeah. I think I'd actually go books. And I, I think and I'm, with, with I'm, a bitter tinge of regret because I never get to read any. Yeah, I, and I'm probably I, I think I'm the same way. I'm I'm moving more towards books, but yeah, if it was between TV, I mean, there's just so many great series now yeah. that you know I might have picked TV. Uh, here's another one: spicy. Whoops. Come on now. Spiciness or sweetness? Sweetness. I've got the biggest sweet tooth in the universe. I am such ah. a sugar addict. It's it's wow. unhealthy, quite frankly. Yeah, you got to be careful with that. Um, I'm more of a spicy guy, but yeah, I would. Uh, but the thing is, I, I'm, my tolerance for spiciness has been waning as, as I get older. So I, I need to be careful of that. Uh, this one, I have no idea what to answer this. Uh, red or blue Doritos? Red. Is there a... No, blue. Red is the I original, I assume they right? taste the same, right? It's just aesthetic? Oh, no. Blue is the uh, Cool Ranch. And then you have oh, red is the original. No, red then. Red, red, red. Definitely. Red, yeah. Red, yep. red for sure. Um, let's see. We have one from Soft and Razor. Drive or fly? Uh, oh, if you have to travel somewhere? Mm. Yeah. I'm... I was going to say fly, of course, but everything about flying is miserable and awful. Except yeah, for the I was... time it takes. It's one of those questions for me. Like, it depends where are we going. Like, if it's within like a five hour no, you drive, have to pick one. drive, there's no you, you, you pick one. This is not like your fly. weird stacking fly. behavior that you've revealed <laughs> to everybody. I gotta fly. Fly is so convenient. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I as much as I hate it, being a six foot three yeah. guy, um, yeah, like, you know, yeah. yeah, like, and how are you gonna go across the ocean uh, on a car, right? Um, let's see, the is glorious that, golden really age of um, you know, passenger trains with you know, personal bunks. I'd probably take that over both. But oh, I love traveling by train. Yep. Uh, multiplayer solitaire or positive player interaction? Well, the latter, of course. I mean, if I can interact with my wife in a positive yeah. way, I'd like to do that. Yeah. But now, see, I would, I would definitely choose positive player interaction. But I have no problem with multiplayer solitaire games. I'm, I have I'm a micro badge on my character on Board Game Geek that says multiplayer solitaire fan. Oh, okay, yep. cool. <laughs> Now, we can't keep uh, doing not, this. We have a lot of other stuff to do. We could literally yeah, do let, this for two hours. Yeah, let, let's move on here. So, uh, let's consider that done. Thank you for the this and that, folks. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That. Keep, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that one doesn't get as quested as often, but that's one of my favorites. Okay. Next yeah, up, it like is that. time for Ruel to rank a game. Let's see. How many Ruel? We have, we have two Ruel rank requests in the queue. So, let's do okay. both of them. I'm going to mark both of those as complete. And that cool. means I've got to bring up the uh, Gaviola Library. Uh, what is it? GavioloLibrary.rado.com. There it is. And then i got to bring us to the browser view. The browser view. And let's see. Oh, oh, oh. All right. Okay. This is sorted by what you've actually rated. Let's scroll down a bit. Okay. This is, okay. All right. So, here we go. You see any of those you want to rate? Um, you need let's a bit continue bigger. down further. Yeah. Or you know, actually, you know what you want. You want them. 
nice and box looking. There we go. Let's do that. Oh, yeah. Big pictures. And then we just got to cool. scroll down past all the stuff you've rated. Maybe on page two, we'll get to some new stuff. And okay. are you going to page two? All right. There we are. Okay. So you like any, you want to rate any of those? Ooh. Okay. Uh, let's see. And I will prepare um, the, the. Yeah. Let's, pole. let's do the princess bride. So it's an eighties movie. We'll do Real. princess. Bride. <laughs> <laughs> princess bride or lost boys. I'm definitely princess going princess bride. bride on uh, for the princess bride. Okay. Uh, right. And lost boys is on here. Oh no! You're just no, I was, I was parallel, kidding. of course. Okay. Yes, fair enough. Yeah, just joking. At, 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 um, you know, well, as you wish. All right. What else? <laughs> nice. Uh, truffle shuffle. Mm, that's a good one. All right. Well, yeah, any more of these? You want to go up another page? Uh, let's go up a little more there. Um, oh, shot and ton. We got to get the good doctor on there. Shot and so the people can ignore it once again, like they do every time. I know, right? I, I don't know why I pick them. Okay. Um, ooh. Uh, let's go up one more. I, I want to save some of these for next time. All right, up a bit more. We're going right. to pick two of them, right? Yeah. Would you, you need two more. Okay. Two more. Okay, uh, two more. Let's do Las Vegas Royale. Las, uh, Las Vegas Royale. And... Now let's go up a page, please. Last um, one. Pick one more. Uh, I'm not going to pick another, uh, uh Ryder Kinesi. Don't, don't worry, folks. <laughs> All right, uh, let's... Uh, ooh. Raiders of Cynthia. All right, well, we talked I, about that I, not too long ago. S C Y T H I A. All righty, folks, yeah. start okay. voting. Vote your conscience. Which, um, so we're going to take the top two, and Ruel is, we're going to do a little mini review of these, and uh, we'll see what it goes, depending on what you choose. You have two minutes. You can use channel points to uh, juice the stats, or juke the stats. You can also use bits to juke the stats if you would uh, like to engage in some proper bribery. Uh, let's see. Which I'm going to do right now. I'm casting my vote and I'm bribing. I do not have an option, so I just have to. Oh, and what? No love for Truffle Shuffle. Well, it's got my vote. You know which one I'm uh, juking right now? <laughs> I just spent 100 of my channel points. Oh, my. <laughs> yep. Well, makes things Bring happen. We've got a regular Tammany Hall going on here, it would appear. <laughs> Oh, really? I thought Truffle Shuffle would get a few more votes than that. I would have thought so. Wow. I mean, what with all the love for Cascadia? But I guess people just don't know that it's the uh, Molly Johnson, uh, Stankiewicz, and... Oh, who's the third? Yeah, right. Um, I forget the other person. Oh, look, we've shamed them into choosing Shot and Totten. It's currently There you go. Or no, you did that, I'm sure. I I did it. Folks, you have to (laughs) overcome his obsession with the good doctor design, Reiner Knizia. (laughs) Uh, but yes. time is running out. I thought Raiders of Scythia would get more love, too. You'd so think so? Again? Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know. I guess it was Raiders of the North Sea, it would, but go figure. Yeah, yeah. Las Vegas Royal, no love? I, I love that game. Come on, folks. That one would have been easy to rank. I, I, I think very highly of that. Mm. I got 20 seconds, friends. Well, perhaps don't you forget should have uh, thrown your all your points. ill-gotten channel points on that instead. <laughs> ill-gotten channel points <laughs> oh my goodness well it looks like i mean the princess bride's got a good shot at this so that that's nice another way to uh, work in an 80s movie reference yep, yep, for us yep. we definitely need more of that in our life right, how's it going? Okay. okay who do we got princess bride shot and taught and tied for perfect. first place both perfect with 61 total votes then uh so let it be written so let it be done as you wish and all the rest of it uh wow all right, let's see. So let me go. Where, where was uh, right? Princess. Let's go with that one first. 
All right. right. If I can Princess Bride. Have you played this on one? this page? Control find Princess. There we go. Prince Bride adventure book game from Robinsberger. Uh, yeah. yeah. Tell us all about it, Ruel. Uh, this is. I'm a pretty sure you filmed this on your channel, haven't you? you played I, this I with did. Michelle. Yeah, Michelle and I played it on our channel. We also uh, streamed it for Gen Con uh, uh, back in the day. Uh, oh yeah. Gen Con had us on. Yeah, and we did a sponsor stream for Robinsberger. It's a wonderful game. As you can see, it literally is a book. That that board is just like um like uh what are they like uh, I was thinking quirky circuits mm -hmm. where you're gonna you know mm -hmm. change the board by turning the page. What this does so well, it captures the movie so well. Like one chapter is the beginning, you know, hey, farm boy, farm boy, uh -huh. as you wish. <laughs> and then you turn the page, you go to the next one, and then you have the uh, dread pirate Roberts chasing him on the sea. Then you turn the next page and is the epic uh, sword fight between Inigo and the Dread Pirate Roberts. Right. You have all those scenes. And the game itself, it's a pretty straightforward pickup and deliver game. Really? But it's neat because... Yeah, on, you're, on you're every just, page. On every page. But it's different uh, each page. One, Like, it starts very simple. You have to get certain uh, items to the princess in her, you know, in the, uh, like, log cabin or whatever she's at. Then you go to the next one and you're uh, trying to... Uh, collect certain uh, it's like set collection and pick up and deliver so you go to the next page uh, when you're fighting and you have to get the uh, characters in perfect position it's a wonderful game for fans of the movie uh, i michelle and i absolutely adore this game and as you can see the miniatures oh someone actually painted it says, there wow, wow. Those are, that's a nice painting job somebody did those are fantastic yeah but the miniatures are great even unpainted i mean you can totally tell what characters they are you see all i mean it's got andre the giant folks come on you're, you're going with fezzik i mean it's it's beautiful um so I would rate this uh, more of like a gateway-ish style game. Um, and if you're a fan of the movie, I, I think it's, a, honestly, I think it's a must-get. And we have it in our collection because we love this movie so much. Um, but how but, is the replayability, yeah, was, right? I mean, does it really change that much? I mean, you know, the movie itself doesn't it, change. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why I'd, I'd recommend it more for fans of the movie. Because if you're really in the movie, you're going to find this really satisfying because you can play you know your favorite chapter you don't have to you can play the entire game which is all six chapters i believe yeah but each chapter takes like maybe 20 to 30 minutes so you can just focus on the chapter you'd like then there's you know as you can see there on the video that you're showing there uh they're on the boat right there trying to um outrun the dread pirate roberts uh wonderful little game again it's not heavy or complex but it does have uh, some nice, really uh, nice touches um, as far as pickup and deliver and set collection. Okay. So, in my world of ranking, I'm going to give it, you know, it's a rock solid 7.16. 7 7.16. 7 All right. 7.16. Now, okay. Here's the, here's the real. I'm going to be a stinker and ask you if it was a generic fairy tale setting, same gameplay. Same yeah. sense of humor, but just not yeah. tied to your teen years. Um, yeah. What would it come in as? Uh, definitely lower than 7.16. Okay, um, you'll leave it at that. All right. Yeah, I'll leave it. I, I, I can't give it a number because I, it's the game's already so tied into my imagination with the movie that um, we're going to stick with lower but, than 7.16. It was generic, but 7.16 um, because it's Princess Bride. But again, that's part of its strength because it does such a great job of evoking it, it the subject matter. I mean, an, an exemplary yeah. job. I mean, uh, to me, I've, I haven't played it, but I have read the rules and I've looked into it and I was really, because I love the movie too. Uh, um, yeah. But ultimately, I thought, well, gosh, it kind of feels like they sacrificed gameplay to just make this storytelling work. Uh, because, I mean, or, but again, I appreciate it. It's not for me. It's not for a hardcore yeah. gamer geek. It is for families exactly. who love the movie. And yeah, I, I'm exactly. sure it does that great. 
Yeah, and that, that's I, I totally agree with that. That's that's totally fair. Um, if you're looking for a hardcore game, this is not you know going to be satisfy the hardcore gamers out there. But as far as Princess Bride fans, folks, I would recommend it. Right. What okay, was the so other one? It was Shot and Totten, right? Shot and Totten, yes. Which I, apparently I don't know how to spell Totten. Oh, because there's a, it's a German word, of course. There's a all right. So Shot and Totten or a battle line with cute art, as it's also known. <laughs> right. That's right. What? Now, did this come first or was it battle? I thought this I was first. I am positive this came first. First, you had Shot and Totten, and the original Shot and Totten was much more straightforward. It was just yeah. about playing the straights on your side of the different. Yep. Oh, she's excited. I'm sure she does not want that picture. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure she loves seeing herself on the internet there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, it certainly caught the moment. Um, as I understand, yeah. the original game was just much more straightforward. And then Battleline came out, rethemed it to be, you know, um, warring R- Roman armies. And then yeah. they added all of the extra little special powers and stuff like that. And yep. then those retroactively got put back in the more modern Shot and Tottens that are available. I right. think that's you- correct. Yeah, and I, I think you're right as well. And folks, uh, this is a two-player game from probably my favorite designer of all time, Reiner Knizia. I, I love the fact that he creates so many... I mean, he's created over 600, 700 games. It's crazy. Wow, look um, at this Polish version. Have you seen yeah, isn't this? Yeah, that cool? Look at that. Wow. The art. Yeah. This is not um, what you, you will get you're, if, unless you're in Poland. Wow. That, that is awesome. Oh, look at that bear. Oh my gosh, that is that is super cool. Why isn't this a standard worldwide? Jeez Seriously. Louise. Those are wow. some vicious animals. Anyway, though, yeah. but sorry, that's just, uh, you know, okay, there's lots of different versions with different art, but what about the gameplay, Well, Yeah, the, the game is fantastic. It's a two-player game. Uh, think Lost Cities. You know, you're growing right. up against another player, and uh, you're playing, um, like you mentioned this, straights, and basically mini poker hands, right? You can have pairs, you can have straights, and uh, you can have suits, and you're battling over control of each little area, and the first to uh, control, I think it's, Five or three areas, or I five think it's areas three of, the, of the however many there are. Yeah. Okay. So whoever does that first will win the game. It's you know it's not one of the. I mean, it's a battle game, right? Yeah. So, but what makes it, what really elevates it is like you were saying those uh, special powers, right? Which are actually taken out in, in Shot and Time. You can just play the standard game without those, and you're just playing you know little straights and flushes and whatnot. But then you add those powers in, that really ramps it up. Um, it's one of those games that ranks so highly with me. Um, I love his uh, like Lost Cities. I think this one's a little got a little more going on than Lost Cities. Whereas Lost Cities, you're just you know you're pushing your luck trying to figure out what numbers you want to play. This one, you got a little more strategy because you have a hand of cards and you can figure out okay, I'm going to play this one here. You have different areas that you can play. So and and as as I'm saying that, it does sort of remind me of Lost Cities in that sense because you do have you know uh, you know choices to make. And what makes this like any other Kinesi game? What makes this so brilliant, folks, is that low rules overhead. Mm-hmm. It's like a couple of pages of rules, and yet the strat- the depth of strategy, as you play it, you're going to say, wow, there's a lot more here than I thought. And that's what I love about Kinesia games. That's why I'm giving Shot and Totten a very, very solid... I just said rock solid for the other game. So I'm going <laughs> to say this is a very awesome... Um, 7.93. 7.93? Yeah. What does this have to do to crash into eight territory for you? Many okay, people like... would be very right to argue this is <laughs> his greatest design of all time. Wow. I mean, you know I'm, I'm not making I... that argument myself. It's certainly not my okay, favorite. Yeah. But I yeah. would respect an argument made along those lines because it is so perfect. It is so flawless. Yeah. 
Well, here's the thing. I, you know, I, I keep talking about Lost Cities. I, I rank Lost Cities above this. So yeah. Lost Cities is definitely an eight for me, if not higher. And this one, oh man, why? You know what? If I had that Polish version, I think it's pushing it to an eight. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anybody out there listening who has access to that Polish version, Ruel, yeah. uh, and, and who wants to see his ranking go up to an eight, you know what you need to do, apparently. Yeah. Because, like, the, the version that Yellow puts out now, it's got, I mean, I guess they're like cute little chickens or something, mm-hmm. which. Just sort of strange to me. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I think this just... is the new. I think this is the updated one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but give me that Polish version for at least an eight, folks. That, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, both, uh, both really. I mean, I man, no, yeah, I, I really, I really enjoy the this game. Um, but Lost Cities has got just a little. I, I think Lost Cities is just a little more streamlined than the, the this. Oh, it is I, definitely, I, definitely. I yeah. Prefer. I mean, I would rather yeah. play Lost Cities but over yeah. this myself. Um, a great game from a good doctor, folks. I have to admit, both of these games don't really work for me because my oh, head just explodes uh, trying Richard, to play them. Richard, you're. I do not hear you. You do not hear me. No volume. Hold yeah. on a second. No mic. Oh wow! No, you should. I hear don't me. know if. You folks in me. chat, can you verify? Is yeah, audience, is it Ruel or is it me? Because I, I can't hear him. There's nothing worth hearing anyway, apparently. Okay. My headphones are worth... We hear oh. both of you. Yeah. Oh, interesting. What happened to you, buddy? I don't oh! hear you on my end. Are, 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 your ear, are, are they dead? Okay, now I hear you. Are your headphones going dead? Have you not recharged no, I just, your... What's yeah. your well, That was weird. Now I can hear you. I didn't hear you for like a, a minute there. That's Strange. funky doodle. All right. Yeah. Well. Okay, cool. Well, it's glad you did drop out because that's when I was saying, oh my God, what an idiot. Can you believe this guy? But, uh, <laughs> no, my problem with both this and Lost Cities, I think they're both brilliant designs. I mean, I would go yeah. to, I would label both of them high eights in terms of their quality. Oh, wow. uh, you know, okay. maybe close to nines, close to perfection. But for wow. both of these games, I just can't play them. They just make my brain explode. And I just, I, I've, I've played, I've played Lost Cities with Jen dozens of times. I think I've only ever won once. Um, and, uh, and, and battle, we played battle line. We never played shot and totten, but it was, I had the yeah. same kind of problem. Jen just walks all over me and these games make me feel so stupid. Um, so epically <laughs> just foolish and dumb that I, I just can't stand playing them, but it, that's, it's not uh, you shot and totten and lost yeah. It's me. Okay. <laughs> cool. 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 So that all was right, two right. Ruel ranks for the price of one. Hey, um, man, if we can just get everything that was asked for last week, I think we'd be doing pretty good. Uh, so we okay. need to do a top three audience start Ooh. suggesting topics that we can do a flash on the spot. Top three greatest of, of all time. We need your help folks. Start, um, throwing up in the chat and Ruel will tell me which ones he likes and I will turn them into a poll and then we will uh, come up with the greatest three whatevers. Okay. What's so the top is, folks, three so. to be? All right. Okay. Uh, Kabuki Kid right off the bat says the top 10 or top 70s TV shows. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, we were both kind of fond of that one. Yeah. Oh, because uh, we already did Star most Wars important movies. 70s TV shows, but we didn't do That's favorite. Fine. Yeah. What else? Yep. Top three game designers. Game designers. Okay. Okay. We had top three Star Wars movies. I, I feel like we could leave. we've talked enough Star Wars on this okay. channel, I think. <laughs> yeah. I'll do uh, it, though. I'll do it. Okay. I mean, I'll do it as well. So well, I mean, they can choose. There. They can choose if they've yeah, they, enough. They'll choose. Okay. Two more. Uh, top three non-designer mass market games. Oh, designer. interesting. Ooh. Okay. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. So, mass market board games. All right. And okay. last one. How much? Uh, let's do... Let's see what this one says. Uh, top, oh, top three pre-20th century games. Pre, 
Well, we already have mass market games. So many of the mass markets are pre-20th century. Let's save that one for a future time. Okay. Um, top three. Well, we, we could do something wacky with top three ice cream flavors. Have we done that one before? No, but people keep asking. Uh, that We might have to put that on the list. All right. Okay. It's on the list. Okay, folks. Two okay. minutes. Start voting. It's going to be... We're gonna we're gonna give you the definitive. Write it in stone in a stone tablet and uh, put it on the state capitol uh, because it will never be. See, you know what? I think it is time for me to finally move this poll thing a little bit over because you're in the center. I am not. I can oh, afford okay. it to scooch over to me a little bit. Let's see. Where does that exist? How do I do that while they're voting? I think it's gonna be over here in the alert thing, isn't it? Uh, yes. Okay. So I need to go to the alerts. And then I need to, what is this? It's, uh, no, not goals, scrolling text, Discord. Where are you? Poll, poll. There it is, poll. Unlock it. You you can scooch, can't you? Here we go. Scoochie, 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 scooch. There we go. Ever so slightly off center. People can see your beautiful mug. Because you just can't be bothered to move your head six inches (laughs) to the left. Which I think is more adorable myself. But anyway. <laughs> all right. So the, the poll has definitely encroached wow. into my zone. How's the voting going? Mass, mass market board games has got a slight lead. We've got the top 70s TV shows. I'm surprised Star Wars movies aren't getting any love. But oh, well, I there you go. Are, Somebody wanted yeah. it and most people don't. Yeah. Game designers is creeping up. Uh, ice cream or ice cream flavors. I didn't think. Oh, I, I said ice flavors. Cream. I'm sorry. That's ice, ice cream flavors. flavors. <laughs> that's a typo on my part. <laughs> What flavors of ice? Well, I like water. And I like... water flavor is good. That's yep. pretty I, much I hate my salt list. Water ice. Oh, I can't stand that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mass market games. Now, oh, I think mass market is going to win or yeah. the top seventies TV shows. Ooh, 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 ooh. Is that creeping up now? Did yeah, Kabuki Kid request top seventies TV shows? I bet you did. I, I think they did. Yeah. Yep. Okay. About almost ten seconds left, folks. Here we go. Can oh mass market game now? Oh gosh, what are mass market board games? Is it? Is that it? Did, did it do it? Did it come? It's it's right. I think it's gonna win. It's got two seconds there left, go. and it is thirty five percent. Game designers at number two, top TV shows number three. All right. Well, um, honestly, I, this isn't too terribly hard. There are so many crap garbage ones, right? Um, yeah. First of all, there is no denying. I mean. Uh, Certainly the most important one, as far as I'm concerned, and the one, if I had to play one, you know, classic from the 40s, 50s, 70s, whatever, you know, just standard shelf fare at Toys R Us for both of our, the entirety of our childhoods, uh, it's going to be Yahtzee, of course. Oh, wow. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. Of course. Yahtzee is the one. Yeah, Yahtzee is the one. We would not have the Roll and Write explosion today if it wasn't for Yahtzee, the original Roll and Write. And it's a Roll and Write. That holds up. I wish it had a theme. It surely, of course, it doesn't, and that's too bad. But as far yeah. as abstract rolling rights go, it's pretty, 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 pretty good. So yeah, and what it's, else? it's so influ- it's so influential, right? I oh, mean, I know the rolling right genre. Yeah, not just and the not whole just the rolling right genre. You know, yeah. roll, re-roll, re-roll shows up in lots of games. Yes, King of Tokyo, the classic one mm-hmm. that borrowed that mm-hmm. mechanism. So, so yeah, yeah. Oh, no two ways about it. Yachi is the easy number Definitely one. Definitely number one. Then we get yep. into the harder yep. ones. Um, oh man, let's see. And I feel like it's cheating to say chess or checkers. I mean, I, yeah, because I think they did sell, yeah. say, you know, like mass market games as opposed to classic games. Classic, that was what the other yeah. question was. You know, 
pre twentieth century. Pre twentieth century, yeah. Uh, so I would leave yeah, out backgammons would... or those kinds of things. Um, right. You know, things that were made would by you... Parker Brothers or Milton Bradley to make money, not things that just yeah. evolved alongside of humanity. Um, yeah. So <laughs> now I would okay. So for I would put this out there. I'm not a fan of the game personally. Yeah. But I know that it's had a lot of influence. Axis and Allies. You know that I've never played it. Is a... it? I mean, is it? I mean, here's the deal. Is it good? Yahtzee stands I, I... up. Yahtzee stands up yeah, to you... everything that's available today. To me, I got. I want to put things on that makes say. You know, maybe we'll say, "Oh yeah, I never play a game pre 2010." Like, have you tried this one? Oh, that's really good. Mm-hmm. So, what I think you got. I mean, I was gonna say the Sid Saxon ones. You know, um, acquire oh, yeah. and whatnot. But did acquire yeah. ever get for was it acquire ever for sale at a Kmart in the 70s? Probably that, not. That's the thing. Yeah, probably not. And it's something like Can't Stop, which I still think holds up, but Ooh. it's. That, I don't think that was available mass market, was it? That's a good question. If it was, it should totally make this list. Yeah, yeah. He was, was he was so ahead of his time, you know, as a, a designer. I mean, but I'm, man, yeah, you know what, Alice, I'm looking at the chat. Kabuki Kid is seconding uh, "Can't Stop" as a uh, she she believes mass market. I think so. I think that was something you okay. could pretty much buy any place. You know what? Now that I think about it, I think the version that I have might be a Parker Brothers version. There you go. Can't stop. Okay. Number two. Can't just stop. Need folks. One more for the greatest yeah. mass market. You know, Milton Bradley Parker Brothers esque uh, style game that uh, you know is out there. I did see somebody uh, mentioned Quirkle, which is probably as close as we get in the oh. last ten years to that yeah. genre. Um, wow. And Quirkle's I, you know, I, very good. I think Michelle and I literally just played it two weekends ago. We we went out to the beach, had a nice uh, seafood lunch, and um, when we're there around the beach, we had our copy of Quirkle and we played it right there. And a couple of people came up, it's like, "Oh my gosh, what's that game?" I was, and it took me two minutes. Yeah, to Quirkle just works. It's so good. Wow, I, I would. I mean, I'd get behind. I, I, I think it's hard to argue like, against that. Now, um, yeah, I do see somebody yeah. points out uh, by now, Ticket to Ride is mass market. Yeah, and if you want, see, that's what if, I was you, wondering if you want too. to admit that, then I think you have to say Ticket to Ride. I if if you're gonna, but admit it doesn't that, feel then... mass market to me. Yeah, well, I mean, you could go to any Target in the in the in the nation and pick up a copy of Ticket to Ride, right? Scott so... O'Brien says, "What? No love for Scrabble? Come on!" Oh gosh, wait, I, yeah, no, you know what? no okay, love for Scrabble for list. me. Oh, I, yeah, I mean, big, Scrabble big. is so has been so eclipsed. By its children and its grandchildren, you know, yeah. um, you know, ever since uh, what's it, paperback came out and made everything. Oh, you can do something spelling words other than Scrabble. I will never play Scrabble again. Um, yeah. Oh, but although Scrabble, one mean, of the early um, tile laying area majority games, area control games. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and a, and a spelling game as well. And. I mean, they, to this day, they still have Scrabble oh, National and World Championships. Yep. So it's... I don't know. It's I still... would dismiss Scrabble just because it allows two-letter words. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, it's broken. I, I say, Scrabble is broken! Who designed this? <laughs> Does anybody even know who designed it? Oh, it's it? funny. Whenever Michelle and I play, she hates when I play those two-letter words. I know. Like, you're, she'll come it, up... it should just be disallowed. Yeah, she has, she'll come up with this awesome, you know eight letter word or bingo or whatever and i'll come into my little words and get all the uh, triple and double yep. uh, letters uh, yeah she hates that with the s on the <laughs> on the triple yeah yep. yeah and then the uh, the one i always use is chi qi like uh chi oh you're you're a you're a, you're a scrabble jerk is what you are i'm one of those jerks nobody wants to play jerk. with scrabble with you and scrabble <laughs> lets it happen you're just playing to the rules uh, so that's why scrabble yes. has a hard pass for me 
Um, yeah, you know, one one I would like to mention, and I think this is probably wow. mass market now. Goblin says Magic the Gathering. Of course it is. It yeah. is. There's nothing yeah. more mass market than that. Yeah. Wow. I w- if you want to put it on there, I mean, honestly, like Scrabble, I think Magic the Gathering has been so... It is so ancient and clunky in terms of its yeah. design. I don't think it holds up compared to everything that has come after it. I mean, we've got a dozen games on my channel that owe their inspiration to Magic, that do Magic so much better than Magic. And Magic is just grandfathered in. So if you want to put it on, I'll I'll be fine with it, but... uh. Well, what's our list so far? We have Yahtzee, which we still have, holds up today. We have we have Can't Stop. We have Yahtzee, Can't Stop, and we're, we're considering Quirkle. I we feel were like considering we should go Ticket Quirkle. to Ride. Oh gosh, man! This is I mean, tough. I'd be I, I honestly, I think it's hard to top Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride I, is you know, perfect I, I and flawless. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's the game that got me into the hobby. So oh I really? Have to go with well you. then, okay, there you go. Well, actually, no. I, I take that back. So the, the game that got my family and myself in the hobby. I got in the hobby a few months uh, before my family did when I played Pandemic. I, I was just going to say, is to Pandemic yeah. mass market yet? I'm not going to say it quite is. I don't think it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think well, you okay, probably so could it, it is. Yeah. But, okay. um, I think that's a good list. Yahtzee, right, go. Can't Stop, Definitive. Ticket to Ride. Untouchable. Ticket to Ride, yep. Can't Stop, Cannot the number one those. greatest uh, classic mass market game. <laughs> uh Cool. Uh, Yahtzee. Cool. I, I, I believe in that. I will fight somebody over that. Um, wow. Alrighty, cool. You know, Fidelia, I, I got to highlight Fidelia's comment. Uh, they, they brought up a, a great so. comment here. Uh, it's going to go up right here. Uh, Rado, would you be in this business if you hadn't been looking for a travel Scrabble? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Look at that. I like that. That is a really good question. Yep. I would like to think yes. I would like to think even if I hadn't just by complete total rap, r- random happenstance stumbled across modern designer board games uh, when I was looking for Travel Scrabble. Obviously, Fidelia has heard the story. I think sooner or later, within the f- next year, I would have noticed, hey, what's everybody doing in the lunchroom at every day? I mean, still, okay. three quarters of the uh, of the company is just playing you know, either MOBAs or 3D shooters or in their lunch break. But what are you guys doing? Oh, I thought you were maybe yeah. playing poker or something. What do you? What is that? What? That's a very colorful thing. Can I play? I think it would have happened eventually, anyway. I yeah. think. But that's a, that's a, such a great question because you know all of a sudden the timelines changed, right? You don't get into the hobby that moment. Maybe a year later, you get into the hobby, but you don't start creating content. You know, mm-hmm. so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? The the knock on yeah. effects for that question are huge. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Great question. Yep, that is a good point. Good point. But I'll still stand yeah. by it. <laughs> All right, so what what is next? What is next? If we can just finish last week's, that would be great. Yeah. Oh, this is a quick one, and this one is for you. Forest of Glass asks, and this one, um, oh, wait, oh no no, this is I thought it was a game one. Forest of Glass asks, there can be only one Ruel: national and state parks, or city and county parks. Wow! Ooh. If our ooh, tax ooh, ooh. dollars are only going to go towards maintaining one of those, which means the other ones will eventually disappear due to human avarice, what's more oh, important? Man, that's that a tough is, one. Oh, this is tough. Oh my gosh! So I, I visit both. You know, um, I don't visit the national ones only because they're not as close, of course, uh, yeah. obviously, as the city or state. But Oh my goodness! Which means, gracious. arguably, the city and county ones have more of a day-to-day impact on the quality of people's right. lives. What's that's, a city that's without the one parks? I'm towards. You know? Yeah. But then you know, you go somewhere like uh, like Yellowstone National Park. I mean, that if you've ever been up to Yellowstone, it's 
just no, stunning. but I've I've been to other amazing national parks. Uh, what's the, yeah. the 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 red something or other in Arizona? Um, oh yeah, you know, the Grand Canyon, um, of course, is a national Grand Canyon. park. Uh, Zion I, I, National I, Park. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so I, I've been wow. to enough national parks. I've just never made it to Yellowstone, and I would love to go someday. Yeah, yeah. But okay, would wow. you sacrifice city parks in every city, county parks uh, in every county to ensure Yellowstone and whatnot, you know, are yeah. not ultimately sold to fossil fuel companies? This is such a brutal. That's a one. monster thank, question, thank Forest of Glass. Are you even here? Yes, Forest of Glass is here, and I'm sure he's cackling yeah. to himself. <laughs> oh i put yeah. i screwed them to the sticking place he says <laughs> uh given a choice i because of the day-to-day impact i would have to keep the state and national parks because <sighs> they serve you know they're just closer to people you yeah. know population it's going to serve you know more people but i hate the fact i just can i can think in my mind i hate losing like a like a grand canyon national yeah. park I mean, fortunately like that. that's not going to happen but yeah but again, still we'll never find anything to argue about because i think i'd have to agree Okay. I mean, the yeah. reality is, um, uh, humanity's future is. I mean, uh, c- come back in a thousand years, the planet Earth will literally be Coruscant from Star Wars. It will be <laughs> from stem to stern. Every square inch of this planet is going to be city, in you know, yeah. if, if not a thousand years, two or three thousand years. And right. um, you know, so long term, we are still going to need the those those respites from you know from the world we are we're building for ourselves that is inevitable um so yeah i would not want to give that up yeah same. oh and that sucks you're a yeah. monster forest of glass seriously and, oh and he posted wow. cackles indeed and he gave a robot smiley <laughs> that was a good one though uh-huh. that was a good one I, yeah, i'd be curious one. i look forward to reading the chat afterwards so the audience can say if we were right or not okay uh-huh. And then okay. we have um, one more from last week, a trivial pursuit. So that oh, means okay. we were caught up last week. We're not doing any for this week because we have to do the show too, but we were oh, so wow. far behind. So let me pull We've up. Been here almost an moment. hour. Oh my gosh. I know, I know. Well, that was a lot of stuff. We just did a bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah and we still fun. haven't done the giveaway yet. We still got to do that too. Jeez. All right. So All right. give me the wheel and then give me the button to spin the wheel and i think i know which way this wheel of spin is going to go as you can see Uh because somebody has been avoiding their trivial duties for a while yep and let me get my trivia ready here i'll laugh it it lands on you it's gonna land no no no. that was close (laughs) that was close close but uh ruel uh tell us something about yourself do you have anything do you need um hints like i no or you have some. I've, I've, I've got it here. Hey, Ronald, did you know I've played in more than one board game cafe in the Philippines? No, I didn't. Really? Yeah, I've, I've played in four different cafes in the Philippines. Four unique that are board, board game, game cafes. cafes. So, are, are, they, are those are all in major cities? We're all in the same city? What is the board no, game scene all... like in the Philippines? Yeah, there's, um, so there's a big uh, scene in Manila, which is the capital of the Philippines, of okay. course. And, um, you know, it's very, uh, I would call it like a, almost like a very, um, uh, it's a thriving scene. It's uh, more war games, uh, which was interesting to me. But there are board game cafes. There have been to two of them there. But then I've also been to a cafe, a board game cafe in Cebu, which is on uh, one of the other islands. There's 7,000 islands in the Philippines, <laughs> folks, over yeah. 7,000. So I, I've only done four. I've got a long way to go. And then there's also another one in Baguio, which is where my father is from, which was I thought was really cool. I visited them uh, a couple of years ago 
Uh, they had their 50th wedding anniversary out there. And while I was there, I just happened to uh, you know go on Google and find, oh my gosh, there's a board game cafe here. So I had to go and it was great. It was like, it, it was totally off the beaten path and I had to go down these stairs and it was sort of dark. And I was like, oh, is this sort of shady? And wow. But then I walk in, yeah, I walk in, they've got video games, you know, big old screens, video games, all the, the latest and greatest. And they had copies. Of the, the library was small, but I, I played Splendor with the, uh, the, okay. the customer service rep and... Uh, it was so cool. So I, you know, I didn't know they had a, a scene out there. I mean, I, I had a little uh, inkling of what they had out there, but it turns out they have a lot of board game cafes. They're more than I, I expected, and they're, they were wow. great. The ones in Manila, the capital, were fantastic. They were huge, and they not only was it a board game cafe, but they also had retail sections attached to it, so you could buy games there. And I actually ended up buying a couple of local games from local designers Ooh. and brought them home, which were really neat. It was really cool. That is cool. very cool. That is, I mean, honestly, if you'd asked me, I would have assumed, no, that would not be one of the locales in the world that has a thriving board game scene. Yeah, it was. I was very impressed. And uh, again, one I do want to shout out one of the the gentlemen there. Um, he had brought me this call, a play called Table Taft uh, over there in the Taft section of uh, Manila. He brought me over there. They had fantastic food. They had a lot of games, but they had just this one shelf of all local games that designers had designed. Wow. And yeah, it was so cool to see. Not all of them worked for me. I mean, we, they demoed a few of them, but I brought three of them home. How but, are you uh, on some the language? The ones... Could you read them or? I don't know I, if you I can, can speak the I, language. Or, cause... No, and so uh, the main language there besides English is Tagalog, and I, my Tagalog is terrible. Okay. Um, I, I basically know the t- enough Tagalog when like my mom is yelling at me. Uh, that's pretty much it. Um, but but it's uh, I I can uh, sort of get by uh, with some of it. But the games that I brought home were uh, stuff like it's basically like a uh, a trick taking game, which is okay. language independent, sure, sure, sure. Uh, which is really neat. And then uh, another one that was sort of like a love letter ripoff, but uh, it was fun. And so yeah, I played board games in four different cafes in the Philippines, my friend. Wow, no, that's fantastic. That's that's Thanks. very cool. That's uh. Not really about you so much, but yeah. still, we'll allow it because that was really fascinating. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Okay. Well, we have done it. We have now finished our job from last week. And Ooh. meanwhile, we have five outstanding things here, but we can wait no longer. We have to give away a copy of Decorum uh, to yeah. one lucky winner, and then we got to start filming the show. Okay. All right. So let me bring up the browser. Uh, there's the big old wheel. TJ Bailey. You got you squeezed in at the last second. Um, it was past <laughs> the deadline, but they wrote an email and said, "Look, I'm a Patreon subscriber, and I'm subscribe on Twitch. Come on!" And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so I typed TJ in here manually instead of copying and pasting with everybody else. Uh, let's shuffle everybody up a bit, and then spin one copy of the excellent decorum coming somebody's way. Good luck, everybody. Who do we got? Aaron. Aaron Mostrom. Congratulations, Aaron. Okay. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I forget, We didn't play it. You didn't play it with me at uh, Dice Star West, did you? Decorum, no. I played uh, with Ian from Floodgate and a couple of oh, other okay, people. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you um, did play it too. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Such yeah. a great game. Really, really fun. It, it is. We, we actually tried one of like super hard scenarios. And it was tough. Mm, yes. Man, it was brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Good stuff. Yeah, fun, fun game. I, I really, I, I think it's going to be a, a hit for them. Okay, well. Uh, last thing before we get going, we need to come up with a secret word. What is the secret word for this show, audience? Ooh, what are your yeah. suggestions? All right, folks, put it in there. Secret word. Uh, Duck of Death has a good one. Yahtzee. 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 Can I do Yahtzee? Um, 
the thing is, if you can do right. Yahtzee, it's probably because you have a dice rolling game and you can talk about it. Yeah. You just look at the list yeah. and say, oh, well, that's obviously the one where they talk about Yahtzee. Yeah. Um, we have uh, had that yeah. in the past where we do it so obvious, and I get some things that are obvious. Just all, I didn't actually watch the show. I'm just guessing this is what it is. So we should try <laughs> to avoid those. Um, okay. Uh, can we do Kinesia? Mm -hmm. huh? I mean, I could work in Kinesia in almost any conversation, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you want to take that uh, challenge on. Uh, I mean, look at my games. I mean, I... are any of these particular games Kinesia esque? That's what I'm trying to think of. Maybe. No, let, let's let's try another one. Let's All right. see. Uh, Kabuki says ice cream. Hmm. Ice cream didn't got no love, as I recall. Although that's because I said yeah. top ten ice flavors. <laughs> <laughs> or Nazgoth says mass market. Ooh, mass market. Mass market. I could um, do mass market. I... Could you? I could do that. Okay, yeah. All right, that's I, it. Then. I think I could. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you've done the last few, I think. Oh, speaking of which, okay. you did last week's, and we've said we're going to start revealing. Last week was Purple, oh, which was in Birds of purple. Feather. What was it? Yep. Yeah, it was, um, I was talking about the different uh, colors of the birds' uh, feathers. And I, I literally said, you could have a blue, green, and then I do my little pause. Do it, act it out again. Tell us how you would do it. So it would be like, oh, so you have the feathers that could be blue, green, or purple, and then I would. That's not that much of a pause, man. No, you I were big so. up. I, thought... I would say oh, you could be blue or green or purple. <laughs> but you know, now that's something that's going to stand yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, but I, I want to make them work for it a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. I will not wink when I say mass market during my list. Okay. At, at okay. Point. Cool. So you got right. mass market perfect. So that's yes, the I think I've got it there. Folks. So that's yep. cool. All right. Now I'm going to need this. All right. Which one is that? That is my. Is it this one? Where is it on this list? It is that one. All right. So it's there. All right. Cool. 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 How can I make it so that I don't miss this? Because I'm doing things in a new way. If I do this, okay. I think that. And while you're doing right. that, I'm cool, going to cool, test cool. the little uh, banner thing here. I want to make sure I, it's. Oh still yeah, yeah. Test your. Make sure the banner's still working. Yeah. Um. Come on. Yes. Okay. It's still working. Cool, All right. Cool cool, cool. 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 So you're going to take on. What are we at? We're number sixty, right? This is sixty to fifty-one. Uh. Yes. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Then uh, it's time to do the show. We've got uh, what's on the table. Oh, let me confirm that my overhead camera hasn't crashed. Let's see here. Uh, first of all, let's confirm the browser is still good. Yep, this is... I have pasted in the bit.ly link, but I have not pressed enter yet, so I don't know what your number 60 is. And is okay. my overhead okay? Yes, yes it is. Oh, and uh, okay, right. we're good to go. Let's see. Oh, oh, and um, right, is our sponsor logo there? Fire in the hole. Yep, there it is. So Ooh, okay. it's our first animated sponsor gif. Nice. Um, which look at nice. that. Yeah, look at that. We're all professional and stuff. Wow. Okay. So then I okay, I think we're ready. Oh, but no. We must battle. First, we must yes. fight. Alright, so fight. battle royale. Boom. And uh the battle royale is starting. Right. And uh, let's just go ahead and do that in the back. People can fight in front of it. Oh, I failed at doing that, though. It should be in front. All right. Okay, we just need to hide the banner, then, by putting in a blank line. Hurry before the fight starts! Oh, no! There we go. ba dum Get it ready, folks. Okay. Now, somewhere, I put you on the whitelist. You should be out there somewhere, Ruel. 
I see you. Oh, really? I see you. You're over on the left. Where Goblin is stabbing you in the back. You're making a oh, run Goblin. for it, and you're out. Oh, oh no, no, you are still there. You are still there. You're just hiding in the middle of a huge scrum. You're at 50% health. You are running for your life, and um, no, Duchess no, is no. coming after you, exacting vampire. But you run. You run. You've escaped. Look at you. You're running towards the center of the screen, and you're stabbing Soft yes. and the Razor in the back, and Soft the Razor. One of our big hitters is out, but then, oh, and Nazgoth runs from you, even though he's ginormous, and now he brings the hammer down, and oh, Kristen no. is str- and you took out Nazgoth. You are unstoppable, Rurel, <laughs> until you just got stopped by Christopher Owen, um, oh, who wow. has just taking you down and we are down to tibby baloo who is running for the health pack okay tibby is in it to win it and goes up with furry 215 okay there's another health pack if furry go for oh furry run for the health too late for furry and then tibby goes and says bring it tibby picks up a double health pack oh duchess run duchess run Run, duchess it's 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 run away (laughs) oh no Oh, Duchess, those wings aren't going to save you. And a backstab from Tibby Baloo brings them out well on done, top. The old <laughs> double health pack, tough to beat. Yep, well done, Tibby. And don't forget, friends, you will be regenerated in just a second, <laughs> so you are safe. All right, that was pretty good. There they are. You, you, cool. you were doing pretty well there, Will. I you was know, uh, when you, you said I was on the whitelist. I was like, did I get like extra armor or something? But I apparently no. I you you were just in the right place at the right time. You made all the nice. right moves. Congratulations. Let's see here. Um, right. So awesome. we need to put our episodes of the thingy back on the who'sie and the what's it. Control X. Control V. Save. All right. Uh, um. All right. Okay. It looks like we are good to go. And um, my phone just beeped at me. I'm going to take a look at that before we see, just in case it's an important text. Uh, what is that? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Honey Pie. Jen just texted me. Do I? Um, I am going to have to look at that later. Okay. I don't know what that means. Mm. If it was really important, she would have poked her head in. Okay. So. Okay. Here we go. Boom. Uh, we're putting the warning. Everybody, you can see up there, we are not going to be chatting with the audience, but you can certainly chat amongst yourselves. And while we're doing the show, we, I mean, depending on how long it goes, we might have a little bit of time for Q&A afterwards. So if you'd like to ask any questions, pr- uh, make your comment start with a question mark so it will go into our special queue. So if we've got some time afterward, we'll do some Q&A. Um, and if you forget that, just scroll down a little bit. I put a got questions um, little bitmap below the video so you can see there's a reminder of how you can ensure you put your questions in the queue. Okay, and with that out of the way, let's go on ahead and get the... Uh, where is it? The, what do we need? We need the sponsor. Sponsor of the show, Fire in the Hole. Okay. And then my, are you going to um, talk about the game on the table? Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I'll be first thing, and then we'll, I mean, because this is what we're doing. We're also giving this away, and then oh, okay. we'll just uh, continue with number 60, number 51. One, two, two, cool. three, You good to go? Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> if you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. 
Hey everybody, this week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by Fire in the Hole. And hello, Ruel, how are you doing, sir? I am doing fine, my friend, and how are you? I'm doing okay. I've got this weird twinge in my wrist. I don't know why I'd be doing a carpal tunnel thing, but I think carpal tunnel happens along here as opposed to here. Yeah, yeah. Is that your, like, main board gaming hand, perhaps? <laughs> For all my dice rolling and all my meeple moving, yeah. perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, very strange. It just started right before we started filming. Um, I am oh, fine. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Everything's okay. cool. Okay. Everything's uh, okay. copacetic here. But you asked, so I, I, I held nothing okay. back. There's a little bit of okay, information good. for you. Yeah. Yeah, we need to, you know, take care of ourselves, you know, be, be safe out there. And, you. Uh, you know, board gaming can be a little uh, treacherous at times. So um, just, just stay healthy, my friend. Can do. <laughs> all right. Okay. So... Yes. You know, talking about healthy and what's going on in your table there. That is the uh, worst transition ever. <laughs> talking about healthy and what's on your table. I was just waiting, folks, for Ruel. I mean, he gave himself all kinds of openings there. But anyway, yes, Ruel, there is something on my table. It's literally the game called Fire in the Hole, which is our sponsor today. And it's a game that's on Kickstarter for just a few more days. And it has blown up. And I think there's one main reason. Let me show you. Uh, you know, here's the box, right? Here's the board. You'll notice I haven't extended the board yet because when you open the board, wee, you get a cool uh, pirate ship. Let's do that again. Yeah. In slow motion. Whee! Let's do that in overhead so people can see it yeah. from all the angles. Look at that. That is just fun. And that's not all because we keep on opening and the waves that come up on both sides as well. So this is a very silly party game. Um, and uh, Jen and I actually played it this morning before we started filming today, and we both agreed it is a hoot. The way it works is everybody has a hand of one, two, three, four cards. And on your turn, you will draw another card, and then from your hand, you will play a card. Um, you, there are some definite take-that-style cards where you can steal your the lovely felt cannonballs from your opponents. Uh, these things are, I mean, Jen, first thing Jen did when we set this up is she just started throwing this at me. Because they're little, basically, <laughs> balls of yarn um, that are held together by felt. They're very, very cool. Uh, so there's all kinds of different effects. Release the Kraken, bring out the black spot. But the most important cards are the ones that let you fire. So let's say this turn, I'm going to do a double-barreled fire. So that goes into the discard pile, and the draw pile is over here. And then what happens is whenever you play a card that lets you fire, you roll this die. Which means either you get to fire alone, or everybody gets to fire. And so, what's going to happen is, in this case, let's say I roll, and it's a solo. So, I'm going to be doing this on my own. That is a benefit to me, definitely. So, what one needs to do then, in the case of, this is a particularly interesting one, the double barrel fire is, I take two of my cannonballs. Normally, you're only shooting one. The rules say, I have to keep my arms, or my elbows, touching my sides at all times. Let me go to a, uh, a zoomed out view. And, I'm just trying to uh, fire. And I have to fire them simultaneously because it's double barrel. Wah! Hey, that was pretty good. Hey. Let's take a look at the damage done. Now, what players are racing to do is be the first player to have four cannonballs um, adjacent to each other that are not diagonal. Diagonals don't count, but any sort of adjacency does. And as soon as somebody does that, they win the game. But as you might imagine, often when I'm firing, everybody else is firing at the same time. So everybody's throwing their cannonballs <laughs> in all at once, and they're getting knocked around and all that. Oh, I forgot. I didn't complete my setup. There's another important 
important element. Over here, I was just so excited about bringing the waves up. There's the mast. And of course, yes. the mast comes in. And this is very interesting. Positioning around this board changes things radically, as you can see, um, because... Uh, because this big mass here. So if I if I if I'm sitting at this side, it's going to be tough for me to shoot in the back. If somebody is at the back, you might think, oh no, they're they're screwed. But the nice thing is, this mast becomes kind of like a catch-all and makes it very very easy to <laughs> land in the back. So, but there aren't as many spaces in the back um, as there are in the front. Uh, you know, and so. At where you're sitting makes a huge difference, which is why one of the cards, actually, it's probably, I think, just about the most common non-firing card is There She Blows. On a turn, you can arrange this however you want. If there's somebody who's doing Ooh. really good, arrange this so you're in a good firing position and they can't get to their balls and they have to shoot at other stuff. But there's other things, like the black cannonball, that if you um, land it in there, it destroys every one of your opponent's cannonballs that it's next to. So you just <laughs> drop it in. Or there's the black spot. Somebody just one more space to finish oh now you can't fill that space anymore because the black spot is there and probably it's it's it, it's it's a gimmick but it's a good gimmick the best one is yeah. there are different types of shots i mentioned the double shot there's one where you have to do it eyes closed there's one where you have to do it with your off hand <laughs> the coolest one is where you have to do it yes <laughs> and so everybody Arr. puts their pirate patches on everybody takes their shot and i gotta say this makes a difference. It really, really does. Oh, yeah. I have not really worn uh, pirate patches. And then for the rest of the game, you can just go on ahead and flip it up and keep on playing. Uh, it's a hoot. <laughs> yeah, obviously, this is a silly, fun, fast-playing party game. The game's going to last 10 minutes at most. There's a little bit of strategy. Maybe you want to save some yep. cards for a particular moment. Um, you know, and so or which ones I'm going to play. There are ones that let you dig through the deck or the discard pile to get certain cards. And so there's a surprising amount of simple party level depth and there is just no way people aren't going to be giggling from start to finish and you know busting out i mean they say right here this is the discard pile so the game encourages that kind of silliness and um the production is absolutely stellar especially because i have to admit the reason i was interested in this game in the first place was not because of the cool pop-up nature but because of the environmental impact this um it, you know it's uh wool felt fair trade cotton balls naturally dyed eye patches from 100 percent organic cotton and natural rubber wooden dice playing cards coated with a water-based varnish and the 3d pop-up is also a water-based varnish so this wow. game is very decomposable very sustainable very environmentally friendly probably just about the most environmentally friendly game i've ever seen even the box you know some people might say oh i need my linen finish on my cards no you don't folks uh these cards feel just fine they shuffle just fine and this game which as i said has blown up on kickstarter you can hit that eye in the top right corner of the screen to go check out uh, the campaign it's only running for a couple more days but this shows a future putting aside just the silly fun wee woohoo type <laughs> uh, silly stuff which is fun it is genuinely a fun silly little party game but there's a lot more going on with fire in the hole Phew. Yeah. That looks fantastic and a lot of fun. And I, I want to shout out my friend, uh, David. He was uh, one of the people that worked on this. Oh, I, yeah. I forgot what capacity. He might have worked on the video for it or whatever, but he's one of my local uh, Twilight Imperium buddies. So I love the fact that he worked on uh, this game in some capacity. You know, I just thought of something. This would have been the perfect show to call this the R and R. Show. Oh, my gosh. Why didn't we think of that? Of course. Welcome this week, everybody, to the R and R show. Oh, man. If I can remember, I'll do that at the end when we close down. 
There you go. Um, but anyway, I and too. I will not do the rest of the show with this eye patch on because that is very distracting. But anyway, folks. Yeah, it totally kills your uh, your depth perception. Oh, yeah, right? totally, like, totally. And in a game where yeah. it's very important because you're actually trying to yep. shoot. So um, <laughs> I think the game is great. It's on Kickstarter for a few more days. It's been a huge monster success. Um, and we're going to be giving away one copy of this game to one lucky winner. But, well, how? How could they possibly win a copy? Well, folks, you're going to be watching the show and listening to the show, and one of us is going to say the secret word or the secret phrase. Um, and when you hear that, you're going to send an email to us at rotto.com, uh, email contest at rotto.com uh, with the name of the game that we're talking about at that particular moment. Yes, so indeed. the secret phrase today is um, what was it again? I totally uh, I'm typing it up reading. now because I didn't have my keyboard out because I was too busy playing um, Fire in the Hole. The, the secret okay. word you have to be listening for, folks, while we're doing the show today is. Mass market. Mass One of market. us is going yes. to say the word mass market. And I'll be honest, I hope this is a game that makes it onto the mass market. This is a game that yeah. belongs in every toy store in the world. It's so much fun. Yeah. And especially because it, again, demonstrates a fundamental paradigm shift for what high-quality board games can be. So anyway, uh, the secret word is mass market for a completely different reason. If you want to know why the secret word is mass market, hit that eye up in the top right corner screen or go follow the show notes to watch the extended edition of this, where you get to watch our pre-show, where we do all kinds of hijinks with the audience, and we have a post-show where we do Q&A. But um, that's for a future day. You're here, and you want to um, know what our continuation of our top 100 games of all are, but... Before we get going, remember, folks, listen for either Ruel or myself to say mass market, and whatever game we're talking about at that point, send the name of that game to contest at rotto.com to enter to win Fire in the Hole. Yes. Phew! Okay. Right. Nice. Thank you. So, right. so um, are you ready to go? Do you have your continuing list? I do. And, um, yeah, why don't we get this uh, party started here? Shall um, we? Shall just- we? Yeah. Okay. So we are doing our top 100 games of all time in the definitive R and R list. <laughs> um, we are all the way oh up God. to number 60. I, I, I'm trying to work it in every, yep, every time yep, we, yep, we yep. basically today. So. <laughs> Understand. We're gonna start with number 60, folks. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We, we, we will see if we can do it. All right. Okay. Um, so what's so up? I will kick things off with number 60, and it is. Yeah. Do 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 do. Genties, the deluxified edition. Really. Yes. Genties. So, yes, Genties. And now I, I pronounce I've always pronounced it Hentes because I I'm live not in Southern California. Yeah, I'm in Southern California, so I, I know a little Spanglish, and that would be the way I would say it. Hentes uh, means right. people. And I believe it also means people in in, the, in Latin. Uh, but this is a, a civilization game. And what's really cool about this, what I love about it, it's all about that timing mechanism, right? So you're taking actions to build your uh, um, civilization over, I think it's three ages. And as you can see in the video there, you have all kinds of monuments that you can build. But it's all about those action spaces. You're going to go take action spaces throughout the board there. Uh, some of them will help uh, increase or, or um, upgrade your, your people. Uh, some will upgrade your buildings. But every time you take an action, you're taking time to do that action. And you're going to place the time tokens, I think, yeah, they're like little um, uh, hourglasses mm-hmm. on your board. Mm-hmm. And as you fill those up, you're going to run out of time to do actions. So there's a lot of cool choices here. Do you take one of the actions that costs double time, that are going to cost two uh, sandglass, uh, uh, sandglasses there? Or are you going to take one that only takes one? And it's going to be a little weaker, but uh, you may have more time to do more actions. 
I think this is a wonderful game. And this, I think you're playing the in the video here. It's the the this original is the version. original Spielworks version. You specifically yes. called out the Tasty Minstrel Games Deluxified Edition. Deluxified Edition, folks. If you've never seen those Deluxified versions, oh my gosh! It, I mean, it was awesome. The wooden pieces, the the meeples. I mean, they're huge. Like it's just like honestly, like you can play. You can obviously play the Spielworks version just fine. But I think they really took it up a notch and you got metal coins you've got this really cool insert and now if you're looking at inserts folks they they partnered i think with folded space and that folded space insert is so awesome because it cuts down on setup time it cuts down on breakdown time and you can get that game going because the game is about an hour and a half or so oh my gosh it's a wonderful game and if you know the designer stefan Risthouse has done one of the all-time greats in arc right and this is mm -hmm. another his I love this game. Um, I've played it in all various counts. And also has a solo version as well, which I've soloed, which is wonderful. All the, It takes out just some of the action spaces and stuff, but it's it, it's wonderful. That's why it's our number 60, Genties. I, I, it's a great game, make no mistake. But yes. wow, top 100 of all time. That's yeah. You make me want to go back and play it again, quite frankly. I remember thinking it was very, very cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, I wanted to get some pictures of the uh, cooler, more uh, recent, uh, colorful version. I think this is yeah. what you're talking about, as opposed to the more dry and dusty version that I had. Yeah, this one has. Uh, but again, I see the pieces on top there. Those um, people—they're actually like large meeples in yeah. the deluxe. Oh, okay, version, yeah, I just really can't quite cool. see from this angle. But anyway, yeah, interesting call. You make me you want to give it another shot. Try. I think. Yeah. Yeah, go back to it. It's it's a. I, I feel like it's. Uh, a little overlooked uh, mm -hmm. out there, you know, because everyone talks about, you talk about Wrist House, you talk about Arkwright, but this one I felt like was overlooked. So I, I would highly recommend checking out, uh, checking it out again. All right, number 60. I, I love it. Yeah. Gentis or Enties or Enties. Whatever works for you, apparently, because I do not believe exactly. either version could be bothered to put a proper pronunciation in the rule book. <laughs> that's, Board that's game that's publishers, please put proper pronunciation guides in your rule books, please. Right? Yeah. If board and dice can do it, y'all can, anyone can do exactly. it. Exactly. Yes. It's not that yes. hard. But anyway, uh, let's move on uh, for number 60 to one I'm pretty sure I can pronounce correctly. And one of okay. my all-time favorites from my all-time favorite board game designer, Macau. Uh, yeah. Stefan Feld uh, yeah. really, really knocked it out of the park with this one. It is, um, is it is... Is this his heaviest? I think this and Trajan are probably his two biggest, richest, heaviest, most complex games. Um, although, you know, they're really kind of... You know, this one is just another... Well, it's not trading in the Mediterranean. It's, it's trading in the Far East. We are in the uh, city of Macau. We are Western traders who have come to um, do work, work to trade goods, to be able to send those goods back off to the far, far West. And um, the central thing, there's a couple of really interesting elements that drives this game. Um, one is there's a whole bunch of cards all the way around, you know, that are uh, randomly or semi-randomly put around the board as part of setup. Those are the timer for the game. We are constantly working our way through all of these superpower cards and taking turns grabbing them um, while also trying to you know make business contracts with the uh, various and sundry, in sundry industries there in Macau. So all that stuff is pretty straightforward. What really makes this game stand out, and I'm going to see if I can fast forward a bit, is this Windrose. This is one of the coolest action selection mechanisms the industry has ever seen. Because the uh, notion of it is that basically you grab a bunch of colored cubes. That means interacting with different things in the world. And um, the more cubes you can grab, which means the more actions you can get to do, and your cards want you to have different colored cubes to be able to combine to do different types of actions and whatnot. 
not. But to get those cubes, you basically make an investment. You say, okay, I'm going to do this thing that lets me grab four blue cubes because I can see I'm going to need a lot of blue cubes or a lot of purple cubes or whatever it might be. And then, let's see if I can find myself doing it. Eventually, I will do it in this video. And then I will take those cubes. And in this case, I will take two red cubes and put them two rounds in the future. It will take me two rounds for me to get those. And... Um, I need them right now. You need everything in this game yesterday. But every time you go and grab a bunch of cubes, if you just grab a single cube, you're going to get it very quickly. Two cubes is a better uh, return, but it's going to take a while. Four cubes or five cubes, you're not going to see those until halfway through the game, which means you have to be making really in-depth, short-term, immediate plans, and long-term plans. Okay, I know in five rounds, I'm going to be able to get this huge influx. And I can see, probably in round three, I'm going to get that card that needs all those cubes that I'm going to get in round five. But maybe I should take them in round four and get them sooner because the I will need to use that card as soon as I can. But I know I'm going to need more cubes. Will I be able to um, you know, scratch the surface and make all this timing work out? This game, I've often talked about how I love games that really have the passage of time being a big uh, determiner of how the game works. And this game does it in such a unique way that feels so natural. A lot of times, my kind of games, really big, heavy, abstract, um, you know, Euro goods conversion economic simulations, feel very disconnected from the real decisions you would make. But this makes sense. Oh, I'm going to open a really big contract? It's going to take whoever I open this contract with a long time to fulfill that contract. If I do a really quick contract, I can get you that thing tomorrow. And you're constantly having to juggle these things in one of Steffenfeld's greatest designs of all time, number 59, Macau. Yeah, this is one of the games I have not played by Mr. Mm. Feld, and I've it's always been on my list. Um, I've seen it at a game night before, and I wasn't able to get into the game as really uh, going, but I've heard nothing but good things about this. Oh, you owe yourself I, to it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it, it looks awesome. All right, great, great choice. So let's continue the list. Um, the oh shoot, did I just I pressed the wrong button and everything just blew up on me? Oh uh -oh. no! How exciting! No, don't do this to me right here. Okay, let's see if it works now. You can do it, Ruel. Uh, come on now. Number 58 is Yokohama. Mm. And it's funny that I, I just realized I put this game here, and they also have a Deluxe Divide Edition, <laughs> which I've played, but I put the regular edition because and it doesn't matter which edition you have, folks. It's a wonderful game. This is a worker placement game. And you know what? The, the way I describe this game is Istanbul, but for gamers. You know, if you play the like game Istanbul, right? It, it's, yeah. it's very much like Istanbul where you've got your a worker, and then you have assistance. And what you're doing is it's uh, turn of the century Japan, I believe, uh, yeah. in Yokohama. And you've got industries that you're building up and uh, you, you got foreign investments. And you're going to put your worker out there and take an action. But if your assistants are there already, you're going to take a more powerful action. But again, do you want your assistants spread out through other different um, uh, buildings there? Or do you want them to focus in on one? Because on your next turn, it's going to determine you know where your worker go. You're going to take those assistants back then go and use your worker again. Oh my gosh, this is a wonderful, wonderful game by, yeah. um, I always, I want to uh, mention the designer, Hasashi, Hasashi Hayashi. He, yeah, I, I don't know if I, I'm sorry if I butchered it, but he's done some of my favorite games, including this one, uh, Trains, he did Metro X, um, he did uh, Rolling America, so many great games, and uh, Yokohama, wonderful, wonderful game. That's why it's our number 58 on the list. Yeah, I really, really love the gameplay in here. 
And that's interesting you called it Istanbul. Yeah, because you send your workers out, which I'm desperately trying to find a moment in this video when I will actually do that thing, but I can't <laughs> seem to find one. And that becomes kind of like a road that you yourself will want to travel. You're, yes. It's so clever, so sharp. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend it to good, good call. Yeah. Good. Yeah, call. and I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Istanbul. So um, this one just takes the Istanbul, almost like the that one little mechanism, and really uh, adds a bunch of more uh, uh, things there that you know gamers will appreciate. So again, number fifty-eight, Yokohama. Cool, cool, cool. All right then. All right. Let's move on to number fifty-seven. One of my favorite adventure games of all time. For the longest time, it was my number one adventure game, Legends oh. of Andor. Um, nice. from uh, designer artist Michael Menzel and geez Louise this game is so good uh, you know, and, and this game was so ahead of its time as well these days Ruel uh, we have an embarrassment of riches of cool narrative driven multi-chapter fantasy adventure games where you have the board is a gigantic map and we travel all over the board having all kinds of adventures fighting monsters and it's not like this hasn't existed for a long time in board game form but um, Legends of Andor does a lot of things uh, very, very uniquely uh, from what had come before it and even what we still have today. This game is so much more Euro-y than Ameritrashy. There is some dice rolling to fight monsters, but dice rolling is almost an afterthought because this game has the puzzly feel of a pandemic-style game in with all the wonderful fantasy trappings of traveling around the world, stopping big monsters, saving poor hapless villagers, and um, fighting off waves, onslaughts of bad guys who are coming to try to destroy the castle. Um, I think probably the most interesting mechanism for me is the way that the monsters can hopscotch. Because if you look really closely at the board, every one of these little organic-shaped areas that we can move around from has little arrows. We ignore them as players. We can go do whatever we want. But after we've done all of our actions, spent all of the time we have for a given round, and it's the end of the day, or it's actually the next day, the monsters will all start moving forward following the little arrows. And they're all on different paths trying to get up to the castle. And if enough of them make it to the castle, we die. And um, so we're... But the thing is... In most games, you're like, oh, we'll just just fight the monsters. Fight the monsters. Fight the monsters. In this game, that's the way you instantly lose. Because every time you successfully fight a monster um, and succeed, that pushes the timer forward. Kind of like a doom clock. The more we are successful at putting these monsters down, the faster they are going to come. And the harder they are going to hit. So... Often, very, very often in this game, especially when you're playing at the, hot, the, the later, tougher, higher level missions, you have to decide, you know what? We just have to let that bad guy go because that bad guy is, um, you know, it's just one hit to the uh, castle, but we can afford it because if we kill that bad guy now, we are going to push the timer, the, the, t the speed mechanism up to the next level. It's going to cause a bad event. And yet that is probably going to be 10 times worse than taking a point of damage. So managing this um, board full of monsters. And the interesting thing is, um, trying to make surgical strikes because they're all following the same paths and all paths eventually kind of like funnel into central roads that they're going to follow. Once you get monsters on the same road, some of them move faster than others and they, no monster can occupy the same space. So what they start doing is hopscotching over each other. 
And so if you get like a group of them together in one move, they all of them can boom, just completely run you down. So if you're going to fight one, you got to pick, okay, if I take out that one right there, before it gets onto the main drag, these two will continue to move forward slowly. But if I let that one move forward, that's going to mean we're going to have started having a hopscotch situation. And next thing you know, the castle will take three hits and we die. So this is the one we have to kill. Of the five opportunities we had to fight, this is the one. And if we had fought any of those other ones, we didn't know it at the time. We would have gotten rewards. We would have gotten experience. Yay, we killed a monster. But we probably lost the game. And I love that, that this game pushes you and it's really challenging to make non-intuitive decisions to be able to win. A lot of people complain, I can never win this game. It's because you just keep fighting everything. You have to know when to fight and more importantly, when to let them go so that you can focus on the main features of the game. So the game comes with, uh, I think it's like either five or six chapters. Chapter three is the most important one because it has infinite replayability built in. Every time you play chapter three, there's like one of five different bosses and each player gets a randomly generated objective they have to do. So chapter three, I have played dozens of times. I've played the whole chapter. Also, it's a two-side board. The other side of the board is when we go underground in this really elaborate cave system and new rules show up. It's brilliant. It's so popular, it has spawned a ton of expansions and th two different sequels. No, two sequels and a spin-off. This has been a monster hit for Publisher Cosmos in Germany. It never really quite made as much of an impact in the rest of the world, but still one of my favorites of all time uh, are number 57, Legends of Andor. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you mentioned this. I, I was just thinking about this game last week because I uh, did a run through of a uh, live stream of uh, The Adventures of Robin Hood, mm. which is another one of his games, yes. a recent one, award winning game. And he did something similar. Uh, not I'm thinking not the gameplay, but the way he taught the game, which I love. I'd love to see this more. Where basically you get one sheet of paper, get tells you the components, and you set things up, and then you go right into the gameplay within like one minute, not even one minute, 30 seconds. Right. You read, you put stuff on them, and you learn the game as you go. And I love that system. So uh, if you haven't played um, Adventures of uh, Robin Hood yet, folks, it uses a similar technique to teach it as Legends of Andor. Great choice. Great I, game. Uh, yeah, I love it. And that's a, yeah, I, I, I think that. Play, learn as you play tutorial system that Legends of Andor really years ago did this. That's yeah, one of the reasons yeah. it probably got the Kenner Spiel. It won the Kenner Spiel that year, I'm sure, because they yeah. realized, oh, this is a game that teaches people how to play, kind of like a video game, and no one had really done that before. And now it's yep, becoming yep, much way more ahead of its so time. ahead of its curve that is right. at the time. <clears throat> okay. All right. Great choice. Let's move on to our number 56. Let's do it. Um, number 56 is one of my all-time favorite two-player games, mm. and it is... Why is it not showing up? Hello. It's coming. Come on, 56. There you go. Sun Tzu. A, just an awesome, okay. awesome game. Yeah, this one has definitely flown under people's radars. It was It's by a designer, uh, Al Newman. Al Newman. Alan Newman. It, used, it was originally called Dynasties. And honestly, the Dynasties uh, version, not as pretty as the Sun Tzu version. And what it is, you are warring generals. So this is a very in-your-face Two-player game, you're uh, fighting. It's an area uh, uh, control game. Mm -hmm. You're trying to uh, win the different areas of ancient China there. As you can see, you're putting out your little pieces. I think that that might be the uh, newer version. Okay. Or actually, Yeah, yeah, that is. Um, actually, the version I have, they don't have those tokens. I actually have little miniatures, and the miniatures are Ooh. awesome in this thing. All right. Yeah, super cool. Like, I was surprised it wasn't a Fantasy Flight game, honestly. I thought it was Fantasy Flight. But 
Oh, here we go. Um, you're playing cards, and it's you're it's a totally meta type of game where you're just trying to outthink your opponent. But you know you have your cards, and it, it, they're numerical values. But each card has a different special ability. So you can end up moving uh, some of your pieces to another location. You can uh, kill off some of your enemies. You can send a plague in there, which kills everyone. <laughs> and it's just all about area majority. And it's a very, very much like a tug of war. You're going to be uh, the points go back and forth the entire game and whoever ends up after nine rounds uh with the token on their side will win the game but there are a couple of ways to win during the game where you uh, automatically kill all your opponents but oh my gosh this game rado i play it strictly with one of my friends this we have an ongoing game of sun Tzu, my buddy daryl <laughs> shout out to my buddy daryl we we play this you know once every couple of months and it's just an ongoing thing and it's so fun to get in the meta like oh I know Daryl's going to this province because he did that last game yeah, yeah I'm going here and it's just that back and forth oh my goodness gracious they also have events that'll come in and special warriors that come in as well a highly underrated and overlooked game for a two player experience I it's in my top five two player games of all time wow it is Sun I admit, I mean yeah, obviously this is not my kind of thing so I've never heard of it but it yep. sounds very cool what are these triangular things on the outskirts of the boards oh glad you asked so these are actually the points that you score for each province oh. and they change during each age there's three ages each age they're going to change so some of them will be worth more points in the early part of the game others will be worth more points than the, the middle of the game and the, at the end so you're going to be constantly shifting your armies around to try to get those big points now that doesn't always work sometimes i've been able to outthink my opponent uh daryl by <laughs> going to the, all the smaller regions and take a bunch of smaller points and uh, win that way but he got me back last time by doing the exact same strategy oh it, it's it's so overlooked and it's absolutely wonderful that's why it's our number 56 wow. sun suit it sounds very very cool i'm glad you brought it up um yeah really neat yeah i know it's not your type of jam uh, it's no, totally definitely not. not for everyone <laughs> yeah it's very very much a, a, a you know uh not a, a, was it a, a, a knife fight in a phone booth type uh, oh yeah yeah i mean that's the thing yeah, yeah just two players but i mean yeah. in that first yep. picture so many units on the board such a tiny yeah. little world to fight over yep. yeah it yeah it makes perfect sense it is all right all right cool 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 well um let's uh switch tactics with number 55 <laughs> no longer trying to destroy each other let's actually try to save the world in 55 cloud age uh, which is from uh, my second favorite designer of all time at this point alexander fister is so amazing and this is one of my favorites of his game and it's interesting you mentioned this is one of his lesser known titles although it is a very big and very ambitious title certainly um it is all about the end of the world as we know it um you know the worst has come to pass the uh you know the earth is a is a hellscape of you know just you know blasted away there's no greenery anywhere in the world everybody's huddled for safety in cities there are ravaging uh, marauders that are coming and attacking the cities and who are we well we're here to save the world by floating around in blimps of course it's all about blimp power in the future and um uh, what we do over the course of this competitive game, because we're competing to do the best we can to help save the world, is we uh, travel the world, tra traveling every turn with our blimp, trying to um, reach cities. The thing about these cities are, if you look at the board, the every since we're up high in the sky looking down on everything, often we can't quite see what's on the ground because of all the clouds. Hence the name Cloud Age. And um, so we're trying to reach these cities.
cities and, you know, trying to fight off the Marauders and try to get restock from the people who were there after we saved them. And that's when the game really gets interesting because, well, in addition to all the other stuff you can do, there's lots of upgrading your blimp and lots of different ways to increase its speed, its armaments and all of that. But eventually you will move, you will reach a city, and there are these cards that um, represent the available resources in the city that you've come to, but you can't see what's on the cards. Because the game comes with these very, very cool sleeves that you um, stick the card in that represents what's available in the city. And the sleeve has a picture of a cloud over it that completely obscures the majority of what's in the city. So you are trying to make decisions when you're still up in the sky. Right, we're about to land here. What do I think I'm going to get best? Am I going to get more water out of the city? Am I going to get more power out of this city? Um, you know, Am I going to get more food out of the city? Whatever it is. Uh, and I could kind of tell because I can. there's some unobstructed elements and it's not until I actually land after I've made the decision for what I'm actually going to try to engage in trade to get that we pull the card out of the sleeve, the clouds part, and we can find out what was actually in the city. And the beautiful thing about this though, even though this is a competitive game, um, it has kind of that whole race for the galaxy style follow the players because when I go to a city everybody gets to go to the city. And everybody is taking their best educated guess as to what they think is going to be in there. And um, you can run into real trouble. You want to get the best you can, but you don't want to get the absolute best thing because there's opportunities to bust and whatnot, depending on what player count you play at. So you take your best educated guess, as does everybody else, and then everybody is waiting with bated breath until the card comes out. Oh my gosh, I had no idea there was all this power plants. I did. Why didn't I choose that? I got a little. I saw a lot of water, but it turns out that was all the water that was there. There was nothing else under the clouds. So there's this very, very cool semi-deduction, um, you know, guesstimation game going on uh, against the backdrop of a very, very cool post-apocalyptic trying to save the world. And ultimately, while we do fight marauders and we upgrade our things, the most important thing we do in this game is we literally try to heal the world. We are bringing green back to the world. That is our number one point-scoring opportunity we can do. And so Jen and I very much enjoy, by the end of the game, oh, look at all the what was just a a desolate, barren wasteland, there's green, there's life returning here. So it always feels very satisfying at the end of the game, whether you win or lose, um, to see how the world has changed as a result. And that leads to the other thing I love about this that actually puts this ranking so high for me personally. This is one of the games where Alexander Pfister has experimented with bringing narrative campaign storylines into a Euro-style game. Because you don't have to, you can just play the standalone game over and over and over again. It's got tons of replayability. But if you want, you can go through a multi chapter campaign where you meet people uh, you you do quests for them and then later on in future chapters they become cards that go into your deck there's deck building elements of this game on top of everything else and um, you see the world evolve and change because of the choices you made in the game this is the kind of stuff we traditionally only see in you know big dice heavy Ameritrash style games but Alexander Pfister has been finding more and more ways to work it into Euros and this is one of my favorites he's done it is certainly not his most well known. It's certainly not the last game of his that's going to be on this list. More is coming. But it is definitely one of my favorites for all those reasons. Number 55, Cloud Age.
Yeah, uh, this one, I missed out on this when it was out, and I was trying to get a copy, and I don't know if it was like sold out or out of print or whatever, but mm. it was tough to track down a, co a copy uh, when it, after it came out, and um, I'm looking forward to playing it. One of these days, I, I will get it to the table. I, I love the fact that, uh, like you said, it has that narrative element to it. And, yes. Um, you know, you don't see that often in euros like that, so definitely a, a great call, and I, I know we're going to see plenty of Alexander Fister on the rest of this list, so mm -hmm. good call. <laughs> yep. Okay, so uh, the last game I talked about was Sun Tzu, a very, you know, Ameritrashy, you know, uh, area control game. I'm going to go a little different for okay. number our number 54 here, which I think you'll appreciate, my friend. Number 54 is The Voyages of Marco Polo. Oh, that's good stuff. Good yes. stuff, yes. yes. You are one of the historical characters from that time. Uh, explore, you start in Venice, you're going to go out and explore the world, you know, in that in that time when, you know, there wasn't just, you know, you could just hop on a plane and go to the next country. You know, you're <laughs> going to be on a boat. And it is tough to travel. And that's one thing I learned when I first played this game. I want to shout out my friend Theo, the geeky gamer uh, guy. He taught me this game, and it was insta-love. And I didn't realize how tough it was to travel in this game. It is, and money is tight mm -hmm. early on, and it's just... Oh, it's a dice placement game, folks. And what you're doing is collecting resources, trying to complete contracts, and you're eventually going to go to the other parts uh, of the world there, hopefully. Um, it's, oh gosh, for a dice placement game, this blew my mind away. I had never played anything like this. And it's really neat because the dice, as you take actions, you can still, those aren't totally blocked off to you. You can get those the actions The dice work placement well. spots, you mean, yeah? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, but it's going to cost you a little more. You're going to have to, you know, put your, an extra die. I think it's an extra die, or you may have to uh, uh, spend a little bit of extra stuff. But as you can see there uh, in the run through, you've got your list of actions. You have some free actions that you can take advantage of to, you know, um, help uh, help your turns uh, go a little smoother. Gosh, I love this game. It's it's actually been at least a year since I've played it. And as we're putting together our list, I was like, why haven't I played this game? I need to play it more <laughs> often because it is wonderful. Uh, one of my all time favorites, and that's why it's our number four, fifty four. The Voyages of Marco Polo. This is a fantastic game. I absolutely love this one as well. You're right. It's so challenging, this game. You have to work so hard to be able to make these caravans go you know, to the Far East from where you start out in the West. And, um, and the most important thing to me is every player starts out with a unique playable character that gives them a special power. We've seen this yes. in lots of games, but never like Marco Polo. Because every oh, unique player right. power in this yeah. game is so insanely overpowered that in any other game yes. you'd say, oh, this is totally broken. This game is yep. broken. Look at what I can do here. Yep. Until you look around the table and everybody says, well, look at what I can do with mine. And look at what I can do with mine. It's basically yeah. um, like we're all superheroes in this world. And yeah. We have to leverage our powers to get far, farther ahead. It's uh, And I have seen some other games do this since. The idea of super, uh, you know, special powers that are so amazingly broken, but the reason it's balanced is because everybody has a broken power in yeah. a different way. Makes it so satisfying. A good, That's good right. choice. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, the powers. I remember the first time I played it, you know, we we're going over our each player's powers. Like, this is crazy. What yeah. I can just set my dice to whatever I want? That sounds insane. In a dice but then someone else game? has one that balances it. Yeah, it, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Voyages of Marco Polo, folks. Play it if you haven't played it already. I agree. I agree. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Good, good, good stuff. And the sequel is also very good. There was a Voyages of Marco Polo too, and you could kind of mix and match them a little bit, but they were both standalone games, if okay. I recall correctly. Whoops, I just hit the wrong thing. Sorry. Oh um, no. Wow. Hey, R2, how are Hi. you doing? R2-D2, how are you? Makes a guest appearance. Okay, yeah, I, I hit the wrong button. Uh, 
I well, built R2D2 Legos. There you go. There's R2 a... <laughs> wanted to interrupt this uh, this uh, show <laughs> to uh, point out, folks, if you didn't know, Ruel Gaviola does more than just appear once a week on my channel to talk about games. Ruel's got his own channel. You can hit that eye in the top right corner of the screen or follow the links down in the show notes. Uh, he does all kinds of things. He plays tons of games. I mean, there are on his YouTube channel hundreds of hours of him and his wife and his daughter and his friends and family all playing lots of really, really great games. But recently, he and his wife Michelle have been on this epic journey to put together, what is this, this 10,000-piece R2-D2? It is, it's, well, it's a slightly less than that. It's about 2,300 pieces That's of R2-D2. But yeah, it's a lot of pieces. It's the first um, Lego set that we've ever owned as adults. And honestly, we were blown away. We're like, this is the funnest thing in the world. It's so cool. So yeah, it's, uh, R2 making a little uh, guest appearance yeah, on Yeah, a little guest appearance. On the as an R ad for the, R show for the, for the yeah. Royal Gaviola channel. Definitely, folks, yeah. check it out. Ruel does. <laughs> So much great stuff. But okay, okay anyway, thank you. enough of that. Back to the list. Yeah. Um, I love your number 54. One of my favorite heroes of all time, definitely. Um, but I don't love it as much as number 53, Tiny Towns. Oh my gosh, Ruel. I know you've played this, right? Love, love this love game. Love this so glad game. on the list. So yes. much. And you'll... Everything we've been talking about here today, for the most part, are really kind of much more Euro-y games, or much more crunchy games, or much more um, esoteric games that are really kind of made for hardcore gamer geeks like you and me. Tiny Towns is such a wonderful gateway game. I totally think publisher AEG should get this thing into the mass market because it just plays so wonderfully, so smoothly, so fast. It is basically a... It's kind of a Tetris polyomino tile-laying style game without the tiles. Because what we're doing is we have a bunch of cubes and we are laying them out on a super-duper tiny little town zone. A 4x4 grid. And um, every round we get to put some cubes out that will um, ultimately, if we get them in the right combination with the right colors, allow us to build a building. And these buildings give us all kinds of cool superpowers. And every time you play, you're going to shuffle up the deck of buildings and reveal a bunch so that every time you play, you're going to get a bunch of different cool buildings that have different shapes, different colors, and different powers that you can leverage. And the tricky thing of this is, as you start putting all these cubes out, trying to get them desperately into the shape they need to be able to build the brewery or the, you know, the town hall or whatever it might be they're taking up more and more and more space because there can only be one cube for per um, space on your little grid but the beautiful thing and so you are always in danger of running out of room and if you can't build anymore the game is over but what you can do is once you have actually gotten all the cubes in the right position to build that building you remove them from the board and put the building in and suddenly you've got room to breathe again and so this game has this really interesting um, you know tension building or I'm running out I'm gonna just please get this one thing I desperately oh I got it yes I can build this and then everything clears out right now what's the next building I'm doing now if you're playing really smart every one of your cube you're keeping your options open so oh this cube could go for that building or that building or that building depending on how things evolve because the thing I didn't mention is how do you get the cubes on the board there's a couple different modes the game can play in um, one of them is a bingo style thing where there's a deck of cards and a lot of the cubes are just chosen randomly and everybody has to take them again kind of bingo-y but the core way to play the game which is still my favorite way to play the game is on my turn I pick one type of cube whether it's glass or stone or wood and everybody has to build that type and so 
at least when I play this, I'm watching everybody else like a hawk. Okay, I know. I can see what Jen's trying to build there. I think she's going to need some stone. So she's probably going to call stone on her turn. So that means on my turn, on my next turn, if that stone is coming in, I should put this glass over here, assuming Jen is going to place that stone, so that um, I'm building towards my ultimate goal. And I absolutely love that. And of course, there's the flip side to it too, is, oh, Jen desperately needs glass. She desperately needs it. I could have done glass, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to build something that I know is no good for her, which she now has to waste space on her map and hopefully be able to find room for the glass on her turn. So, um, it's brilliant. So simple. It's It can be a little bit daunting to teach. To t- I mean... I say it's a gateway, maybe it's more like a gateway plus, because the first time you're teaching, oh look, here's all these buildings, and they all do different things. The core idea is simple, but to be fair, the game does come, like Legends of Andor before it, with specific rules to say, hey, is this your first way to play? Play with these buildings, because they're nice and simple, they're clean, they're easy to understand, and you could probably get this up and running with anybody without too much trouble. I love, love, love Tiny Town so much. Uh, What's shown here is with one of the expansions, several expansions have come out for it that introduce more interesting stuff. I always have mixed feelings about it because just the core game is so perfect. Like we were talking about earlier, Shot and Totten. Or we were actually, I'm sorry, we were talking about Shot and Totten not in this show, but in the pre-show. Folks, the pre-show. we talked a lot That's about right. Shot and Totten in the earlier. And one of the things I said is that game is just about perfection. Tiny Towns is in that same realm. And I absolutely love it. Number 53, Tiny Towns. Uh, yeah, I, I cannot disagree with anything you said. It's an absolute awesome absolutely awesome game uh, michelle and i love it actually everyone i've uh, taught it to and played with we all love it, it it's just <laughs> fantastic from beginning to finish great great choice I, I like it because it's got that you know again the puzzly element and sort of like tetris uh, style gameplay that me and myself and michelle really enjoy um so give me those type of puzzles any time of the week and i will gladly play them so oh, yeah. great call and you know also with tiny towns uh as you mentioned uh you know it's very uh, it's a bingo style game so you can play this easily online or you know yes. uh, with friends you know and just one player just calls it out and it, you can play it solo as well i've played it solo a few times and i've always enjoyed it a, a um, great call game. just great yes. in every way yeah, absolutely and speaking of puzzles, our number 52 yes, game sir. is a puzzly type of game that I absolutely adore called, mm-hmm. come on now, mm-hmm. Sagrada. Sagrada, mm-hmm. Sagrada, mm-hmm. yes. You know, the puzzle in this game is trying to figure out where to place your dice. Um, it's a dice placement game, but it's more of a um, uh, a pattern recognition game, yeah. right? So what you're doing is uh, from uh, one of my favorite designers, uh, Daryl Andrews, along with uh, Adrian Adamescu, uh, you are building stained glass windows. Um, the Sagrada, I believe it's in Spain. Uh, is that why? I don't uh, the know. The Sagrada Familia, yes. It's a very, very famous, um, incomplete, uh, massive cathedral from yep. uh, a famous uh, uh, architect, uh, Gaudi. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, I'm, uh, Jen and I have yeah. been there. We've seen it in real life. And uh, oh. as I understand it, the genesis of this game was, I don't remember if it was Daryl or Adam, they went there and they were so inspired by it. They said, well, we got to make a game out of this. Yeah, and boy, what a game they've made, right? This is brilliant. Um, it's a dice drafting game, so you're going to uh, put out dice uh, plus one over the number of players, and you're going to draft in snake order. So you go uh, left and then ba- left to right, then right to left, and you have to place those dice on your little stained glass uh, window there. As you can see, there's different colors. There are different numbers. And what really, what's really cool about this game, you have different scoring goals. You have the mm-hmm. uh, three up there, um, and you're going to have a secret one, a private one, where you're going to score a, a particular color. And um, along the way, they're going to have tools to help you out just in case you get a little stuck there, which I always get stuck on this game. (laughs) 
So I want those t- I want those tools to help me get out of the bind that I put myself in. It's a played only over 10 rounds. It goes by so much quicker than you think. And yeah. you really fill it up here. And gosh darn it, this is one of my favorite puzzle type games. I love how clever they've used these dice. And um, that's why it's our number 52, Sagrada. An excellent, excellent choice. Man, this game... And I, and what is on screen right now does not do it justice. I'm, I filmed a prototype yeah. of it when it was on Kickstarter originally. The final version of the game has such wonderful, beautiful components. And really functional ones, too. Um, yeah. And yeah, both you and I love it. You know, It's a really fun and tension-filled puzzle. Although... For me, what really pushes it over the top, I believe it's had two expansions come out now. And when you yes. start working those in, oh my gosh, it explodes yeah. in depth. Yes. What was it? Passion yes. and Life, I think. Passion and Life. Yes. yes. They're both fantastic. I mean, the, just the core game is great. And it's a really wonderful gateway-style game. And then you add either of those expansions, and it starts getting deep. Um, yeah, like uh, life. I think you get those orange dice, which are like you know uh, help you build the different things. And also, just want to uh, throw this out there: they've announced there's going to be a legacy version of this game what? coming out later this oh, year. Oh, that's yes. right. Yes, I did just hear about this not Le- too long ago. Right. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. I am like thrilled about. It. I have no idea how they're going to pull that off, but I'm looking forward to it. Daryl Andrews, he he always rocks it. So, uh, number fifty two, Sagrada. Fifty two, excellent, excellent, excellent. Fifty two. Okay, well, we are almost done, folks. Just one more, and this, I'll be honest, is a really odd duck for me to include on a list like this. But there's no denying just how great our number fifty one is: Space Hulk, Death Angel, the card game. Oh. Now I would not be I would be shocked, Ruel, if you've actually played this. I I've heard about it. I've never played it. Isn't it like really hard to get? Isn't it is it like all but impossible to get. I seriously yeah. considered not putting it on the list, quite frankly, because I kind of mm. felt like, oh well, that's just being a jerk because uh, people can't actually um, play the thing. But um, yeah, there, there's no denying it. This is basically uh, what do you call it? Um, James Cameron's Aliens, the card game. It's about a bunch of space oh. marines. It is a cooperative game. Uh, each of us, uh, if we're playing together, have our own crew of three. And every one of these space marines has unique powers, unique weapons, unique abilities, whether they're the healer of the group and all that. And the interesting thing is, the marines, they are our troops that are actually trying to fight off wave after wave after wave of a bad guy. Oddly, they are also the board that we play on. Because as part of setup, we take all our troops, we lay them in a column on the board, um, all standing next to each other, and um, this becomes a uh, like it's, it's a column of marines that all the bad guys or the aliens are going to spawn and zip around. They're kind of in orbit around us, and every round more and more and more aliens will show up. They come via blip cards, which are exactly what you think. You know, you know, um, it's game over, man. You know, they're, they're coming through the walls and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you will not be able to help yourself but constantly quote Ripley and Hudson and Bishop and everybody else because this game is so rough and mean. This is widely regarded as one of the most cruel, punishing co-op games of all time. And it should be. Um, while the time is over, if you win, you will have probably won with only one or two uh, Marines still left standing and everybody else will have been wiped out. Um, and what we're doing is we're going through a series of rooms. Each room has a unique um, setup that uh, tells you, oh, this room has, you know, uh, crates that they might be hiding or, or um, you know, heating ducts or various and sundry things. And 
uh, they're just going to keep coming out of all these different locations. Sorry, this is actually one of the first videos I ever filmed with my iPhone. And oh my gosh, it's so terrible looking now compared to what I do. I have to get all so close to even see them. But, you know, so setting up the room tells you what the different spawn points are, where they are on the overall um, column. And, uh, you know, once you get the room set up, then you start making decisions. And a lot of your decisions are all about repositioning, saying, okay, there might be bad guys coming out of this heating duct, which is unfortunately next to our guy with the submachine gun who really can't fight them off. We need to get the flamethrower guy over there. So um, I'm going to try and maneuver, get over here. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to start building up defense. You know, you can build up resources you can spend to do actions. Um, You can rest. You can support each other if you're next to them. So it's all about making smart, informed decisions decisions because every round we've got a handful of cards we each get to play a card for each one of our soldiers that will have them do things after we've programmed all we want to do then the aliens start showing up and not only do they show up but they just stream and they're constantly moving all around us constantly in motion hopefully we were able to predict where they were going to go but if we can't we just have to uh make do let's see I need, I need to get to the action parts. Um, right, okay, so the aliens are scary. They tend to clump up in big groups, and then they tend to just move, and they're constantly um, you know, trying to stay one step ahead of us. But if we can get lined up and take a shot, we roll dice. And this is why you wouldn't think I'd like this game, because this game is all about getting the position and then rolling dice, and these dice are cruel. There are very few successes. Most of the time, you will miss. Most of the times, the aliens will kill your uh, or the, you kill your Marines. But you just keep fighting this war of attrition as they just beat you down, and you try to come up with you know clever um, solutions to problems based on where you think they're going to be, and then they surprise you go in a different direction, and. It's, it's absolutely amazing. This is one of the only games that has gotten me so wrapped up in the drama that when I roll the dice and some impossible thing happens that I have literally jumped up from the table and fist, you know, you know, uh, fist pumped. Because ah! because you're just from start to finish just curled up in a ball. So terrified. Because it's just so harsh and unrelenting. You know most of these Marines are going to die. It is just about trying to make the smart decisions about, okay, who's going to live to fight another round? I mean, here we are halfway through and I've already lost half my troops. Which And that the problem is as all our troops are gone, there's fewer cards. So that means these orbiting aliens they have fewer places to orbit. They're just going to hit that much faster and harder. And then on top of all of that I mean, there's everything about this game is so smart, but my favorite thing about it is every round there's going to be an event. And some of these events, um, when it's when the whoever is the lead player of this particular round, you draw the event, and a lot of events, oh, read it and do what it says. But some of the events say, read it, don't tell anybody what it says, make a decision between A or B. Can't talk to anybody. You have to decide this thing yourself. And these are the most pressing um, in incredibly tension-filled trials of command you could ever imagine in the game. Okay, I have to make a decision. I can't collaborate with anyone else. It's going to kill somebody. Am I going to let this person die or this person die? And um, and then, after I make the decision and it happens, then I have to explain myself. Why did you choose that? Because uh, you know, And it's, it's just so brilliant. Again, um, incredibly rich, evocative. Even though it is nothing but a deck of cards. There's a deck of cards and a die that you roll to do stuff. And yet, it just conjures up such amazing... I mean, I love James Cameron's Aliens. I think most people of our age do. Certainly everybody in the video game industry I ever worked with certainly did. And uh, just a bunch of cards and a die do so much to transport you into this terrifying circumstance. And on top of everything else, it's a phenomenal solo game. And I say that, I know that, because Jen won't play it with me. (laughs) 
She hates playing it because she is so freaked out by it. It just gets so under her skin. So mostly I have to play it solo, and I love it to pieces. Uh, Number 51, Space Hulk Death Angel, the card game. Yeah, just listening to your description, the fact that you compared it to (laughs) Aliens, it it immediately rocketed up my list of games I must track down. It's going to be one of my holy grails now. Um, why did the why is it not being printed? Was there like licensing issues? Do you know? Well, yeah, it is. It's, it's tied into um, what's it called? Um, Warhammer 40k. Oh, okay. The Warhammer okay, 40k cool. universe. So my assumption yeah, is Fantasy Flight yeah. lost the license a long time ago, and yeah. rather than say, "Hey, well, let's just repurpose this into one of our own," you know, into the Twilight Imperium universe, they could have done that, but they yeah. just kind of let it go, and it's too bad. Uh, uh, it's from des- designer Cor Kanichia. Um, you know, yep. one yep. of the most highly respected designers to ever work at Fantasy Flight Games. And yep. um, as far as I'm concerned, it is his masterpiece. It is so good. And I, I, like I said, awesome. I feel bad, you know, waxing rhapsodic and singing his phrases because it's all but impossible to get. But yeah, at Steam's Cameron's Aliens, the card game. It, yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. Wow. I need to play it. All, all right. right. That'll wrap it up then for there this There you week. go. Yes. Folks, did you hear one of us say the magic words, mass market? Mm -hmm, If mm -hmm. you did, send in the name of the game that we're talking about at that time to contest.rado.com and you'll be entered to win um, your very own copy of Fire in the Hole. Thanks to our sponsors. Yes, oh my gosh. This is so much fun. It's just been sitting here the whole time. And when Ruel was talking, it was all I could do to just stop myself from just going, ooh. And, you know, and, and playing with it and and stuff like that. Such a cool game. And then when you're done, just take it all out. Pour the pieces out. And then say goodnight, Gracie. Ooh. Oh, oh, hold it. Oh, I love hold that. Bye bye. Even the like, rule book. The rule oh. book actually um, oh. you know, fits into these little slots. That's cool. It's so, oh it's so clever. Everything about this game yeah. is so sharp. And one lucky love winner it. can get their own. Hello, peekaboo. Um, <laughs> yep. All right. Well, all right. We did it. That is it. We have done it. We are, yeah. we are at the halfway mark. We have done 50 of our oh, all-time top 100. Wow. Yes. And so far, the list has been tremendous. There I think so. so many yeah. fantastic games. Yeah. Well, I mean, a few of them, and I haven't played, a few of them that you haven't played, but uh, all of them are excellent. Yes. And you've got the patch. You know what you remind me of? You remind What's... me of uh, The Walking Dead, uh, The Governor. The oh. Governor. <laughs> <laughs> I have no response to that. That was one of the greatest TV villains of all time. And I guess yeah, you, you should, you you should be proud of that. Well. Yeah. All right. Oh, I mean, that, that's the perfect thing to wear during the R and R show. <laughs> the R and R show. Yep. I, okay, folks, I think, yes, that's it. Uh, thank you for watching. We'll be back next week. We'll be in number uh, 50 to 41. We will continue counting this thing down all the way to the end, and hopefully you can join us. And I want to say thank you, Ruel, for showing up. Thank you for uh, everybody who watched and for everybody who watches in the pre and post show. And uh, thanks once again, finally, to our sponsors who are literally changing the game for the board game industry. Fire in the hole, folks. Go check it out on Kickstarter right now. That's the R&R show, everybody. Thanks for watching. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, Bye-bye. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all.
Oh, oh. my gosh. I, I will oh. never stop laughing about the R, R and R show. <laughs> I don't know That's why great. it didn't occur to me. It's so obvious. <laughs> oh, well done. Okay. Well, we're at uh, the time limit, but I'm okay with doing a couple of q Well, yeah, did any questions come are... in? Let's take a looky loop. Yeah, there, there are a few. I, I, wanna, I would love to lead with this one from Fem, Go, then Fem do Sensei. so. How oh, draining is it to do no, no, live no, shows? No, no, sorry. I was thinking of something, and I said, never mind. Go, start again. Oh, okay. what, what was the question? How draining is it to do live shows? This That's is what the I answer do right there, after. folks. <laughs> yeah, same, yep. same. It, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, it's... The amount of energy that you bring, you have to bring, and just uh, as Richard, he does, you know, the behind the scenes stuff. When I stream on my Twitch channel, you know, things go wrong, as you, oh as my you gosh. know, and you you have to fix it on the fly. Oh my goodness, it is incredibly draining. Yeah, it's interesting too. I mean, I'm fairly live wire high energy in every video I do. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just kind of natural. But yep. doing this, knowing that there are what right at this very second, seventy three people watching us live. I mean. I can't help but picture this group. I mean, I, to me, it's a real thing. It's not just some abstract number. And it just yeah. really juices me up even more. I mean, obviously, I'm much more amped than I normally am. I think because I recognize that I'm putting on a performance for an audience. And so, yep. yeah, it's even more exhausting than doing stuff normally. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Versus like recording, like when you're recording a video, a run-through video mm-hmm. that's, you know, for later. It's just, it's it's a whole different feel, right? Well, yeah. I mean, and, and, you, you, know, you literally have... A run-through yeah. video for later. Oh, if I screw up, oh, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll yep. you know, but here, because there's everybody watching, I forgot to put the flag back in. Oopsie. Or not the flag, the mast. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, there's there's this weird dichotomy between just more amped up than normal because there's a live audience, but also just this tightrope of terror that any second, anything could go wrong. And yeah. trying to anticipate, yeah. trying to say, I mean, there were a few things I screwed up. Um, actually, when you were doing, I mean, you actually had a really hard time getting your text on the screen. I know every time that yeah. happened to you, you probably got a huge lump in your like, oh, why is this happening? Oh, yeah. But you just got to play yeah. it smooth and just keep going. Exactly. Uh, uh, perfect example. During the show right now, remember earlier on the pre-show, I had those problems where I couldn't hear you? Uh, oh, no. Did it happen again? I ha- It happened twice during the show. And, you know, I just, I, I it was luckily both times it happened, you were describing your game. So I could just sit there, nod my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, over here, you can see my hand. Like, I'm totally like clicking things. Like, oh my gosh, what's what's going on? And Thankfully, it got back to online both times. Jeez, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I know the feeling. Okay. I know the feeling very well. Yeah. Good Great question. question. What's Thanks next? For okay, Bing asks, argument idea, best decade for music, 60s, 70s, 80s, or other? Wow, that's Ooh. okay. Okay, well, let's, like let's that put that one. to the test. I like that one. Um, but, but, but what if we agree? Then we can't argue. Um, best well, here's the thing. Decade. Like, oh, like I'm thinking like different genres because I have different answers for different genres, honestly. Just says you music. Know? Oh, it says music. Okay, what am I going to listen to? Uh, wow. Gosh. Well, I'll tell you this right now. It's not 60s for me. I'm either 70s or 80s or other. As much as I love 60s music. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh. I, I really want to cheat this. I want to game the system. How can I say 80s slash For this part of the and 90s? that, for that and the other, yeah. for pop music and... You know. Yeah, no, you'd have yeah. to pick one. If you could only listen okay. to any music for the rest of your life from one decade, what would it be? It's it's the music I grew up with. I've got to go with the eighties. Yeah, uh, so that's the that's... thing. I mean, we're 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 very close in age. So I mean, that's yeah. the other thing that gets us yeah. so close together. Yeah, I don't. But here's the. Th- I, I, if, yeah. okay, if you went eighties, we could argue about this. Then. Oh, we could. We could. We could. 
you would take a non-80s uh, decade? I would be hard. I mean, it's hard. I genuinely can't say. But um, yeah, I'm so close that I think I could argue very strong, especially if it's put in the form of you can only listen to music from one decade. Any Whatever type of music you want, doesn't ooh, matter. Ooh, one decade ooh, yeah. for the rest of your life. Would it still be 80s? Just because you're saying that, brutal. I could say 80s probably doesn't cut that mustard for me. Yeah, because now I'm, I'm creeping. Uh, honestly, I could go either way. Am I creeping towards this back to the 70s? Or do I do like I, I really like early '90s music as well? There's a lot, but of again, it depends on the 90s. genre. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and my of course, gosh. anything in the last 20 years is garbage. None of it's good <laughs> because we're old. And yeah, um, get off our lawns. Yeah, you know? and we're set in our ways. I mean, obviously, there's yeah. lots of amazing things that are happening all the time. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, why why the, is that though? Why why is that when when people tend to get older? Why do we not keep up with music? Is uh, it well? It's uh, honestly, I mean. Our choices in music are, I think, one of the first things we ever decide for ourselves. As yeah, kids, yeah. everything is decided for us. Um, That's true. You know, other than maybe cartoons that we watch, but where we go, you know, what school, you know, what what we yeah. learn. And I really think, I think this is a pretty universal thing. Maybe maybe in the Western world, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but in the Western world, yeah. I think that's a pretty universal thing that when you get into your teens, you really start paying attention to music. Um, yeah, because you suddenly you have a little bit of disposable income, and you get to choose. It's not your parents choosing what's going to be on the stereo or the car mm-hmm. radio or whatever you know, or streaming these days, I guess. And um, <laughs> that first choice becomes a really, I mean, you know, it's why for both of us. I mean, obviously we both were teens in the '80s, and so yeah. the '80s have like a really strong. I mean, I I could I probably know the lyrics to more songs from the '80s than any other decade, uh, Same. You know, be, yeah. because I was yeah. so deep into it. Now it's interesting. Yeah. The thing is, when I got to the '80s and I was making those choices for myself, I wasn't listening to '80s music, which is why really I think I could I would argue for a different decade. So you would you go to the '60s? I would for probably the go to the '60s. Wow! I would probably hey, okay, because, here's because the, if you don't go to the yeah. '60s, you have to throw away the entire library of the Beatles. Yeah, you have to throw away um, all the early Rolling Stones. You have to throw away oh, so wow. much. Now, could you live without the '60s Beatles? Could you live with like the solo stuff from McCartney? Well, here's the Lennon thing. Uh, I mean, I, heard, uh, you know, I already know the answer to this. If I could okay. only ever listen to two bands slash performers for the rest of my life, uh, that's, mm-hmm. you only get these catalogs. What would they be? And for me, it's the Beatles and Dire Straits. I have known that for uh. a long time. Okay. And so I'm kind of torn. So, you know, Dire Straits is 70s, 80s kind of thing. 70s, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah. No, I mean, this but, is uh, such a great question. Yeah. Wow. Um, it, it's interesting because you're talking about, you know, just how your decisions are made as, uh, as far as music goes when you're a kid. And when you get to that, you know, teenage years, yeah, like all the music I liked was stuff that I knew my parents wouldn't like. I just, you know, it's like... <laughs> yes. You know, I picked like, you know, I would listen to, you know, uh, early 80s punk rock, like Minor Threat and Black Flag and stuff like that. Stuff they would never touch. And, you know, and then later on, like, as I got a little older, I got into like thrash metal, you know, stuff that they would never listen to. And yet, to this day, I still love the Beatles because I remember my parents listened to the Beatles on their old 8-tracks. Because you have that connection, yeah. Yeah. But that sounds like that's a connection that was made on a deeper level as a young kid. You know, yeah, where that yeah, choice was made for, sure. for you, which is why it's less important. Me growing up, uh, I was born in '69. You were born probably in the early '70s. I won't say when, uh-huh. uh, but somewhere in that area. And um, yeah, yeah. I grew up listening to nothing but country and western for the entire '70s. I missed really everything in the '70s. Um, I what missed were you disco, listening to? I missed Zeppelin. Yeah. I missed everything. Oh. 
All, but I wow. can I can sing you the entire catalog of the Oak Ridge Boys, or um, you know, or uh, are you a Johnny Cash Conway fan? Twitty Johnny Cash? or Johnny Conway Cash? Twitty. All of that nice. stuff. I mean, my favorite song in the '70s was "Queen of Hearts" by Juice Newton because it was—I didn't realize at the time—it was the closest thing to a pop song that would played on country and western stations. And, it didn't and I belong know that there. Song. That's, it sounded so yeah. different. Oh my gosh! Wow, <laughs> that is great. I, I love it. Yep. Um, wow, let, let's do a couple more questions, shall okay, we? Okay, let's, um, let's let's. <laughs> Chacha is asking, "See you next year at Laracon." Laracon, um, I would love to. That's a long way to fly, so probably not. Yeah. Not that can't happen until Jen and I move back to uh, to England or Ireland. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm lobbying for. I want to move back to Ireland, not England. Nice. Uh, Fem Saisay asks for Rado and Ruel. Yes. You're doing a combined top 100 taking place over four months or more. Is this an indication Ooh. that your top 100 is really static? And it's highly unlikely you'll discover a new game that cracks into your top 50. I'm going to tell you right now, no. It is not sad because I have a game, Raul, that's definitely going to crack my top 50. I played but it, it one won't time be on this, this list. It won't be on this list, but it's. I played it once this weekend. It's already in my top 50 of all time. What was it? I think you know it. It starts with an A. Oh, uh, two words. Ark Nova. Yeah, Ark yeah, Nova. Yeah. Wow. Wow, I wow, admit, wow. I you... cheated. I cheated. Um, Ark oh, Nova. Really? When we started this, I hadn't played Ark Nova yet. Um, okay. And then after I played Did Ark Nova, change? I cheated. I, I worked <laughs> it out with our guy who combined stuff. Because here's the thing. Uh, there was another game that I realized, oh, crap. If I thought about it, I would not have put this one on the list. Uh, okay. Even though it's a very important game to me, uh, SOS Titanic. I, I did not want to put that on the list because of the reprint, who it's coming from, and all that. And I'm like, okay, I do not want to give that oxygen. So, okay, well, that has okay. to come off, and something else has to come on. And right around that time, I had uh, discovered Ark Nova, and Ark Nova okay. was kind of in the same area. Uh, you know, it would rank much higher for me if it wasn't so long. So, it was okay. kind of an easy, oh, pull that one out, put that one in. So, nice. Okay, but, that's good to know. So, it, Ark Nova is coming. I, I'm totally okay with that because, wow, what an experience. I played a two player game, it took us. About three hours, but mm-hmm. I know it'll, it'll go down as, as we play more. But oh my gosh, you you! I it's saw amazing. part of your video. I saw part of someone else. It lived up to the hype and then some. It was absolutely amazing. Yep. Um, okay. So, but uh, to answer the question, I'm very static. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, hugely static. It's any given year. I don't know. If you're talking about like my top 50 games, which is what this is. This is my top 50 and your top 50. A given year is lucky if maybe one or two games... Cr- punches its way in there arc nova oh, okay. did now actually you know what i'm curious i'm gonna look now uh really okay. quickly while, while you look that up I, i'll, I'll oh, yeah. answer questions. questions so my my um my uh, my list is not as sta- uh, static like okay. uh, i have games coming in and out all the time but i think it's at the lower end of it obviously my top 10 20 or so are pretty static but excuse me outside of that the uh, top 50 i i can i i change uh not quite a bit but uh, probably a little more often than uh, than you do but a uh, great question. Thanks for uh, asking, Fem Sensei. And you're going to be looking up the Ark Nova thing. Was yep. It? Let's see. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. Well, okay. Next question. Well, I'm I'm doing this. I shouldn't even be doing this. Yeah. Uh, um, next question. Let's see. Um, let me find one here. Um, okay. Here's one for me. Uh, Ruel, where does drafting Sagrada and worker dice placement Marco Polo rank in the list of your favorite game mechanisms? Do you consider them forms of the same mechanism or completely different? That's from Scott O'Brien. Great question, Scott. Wow. Um, I love worker placement. Uh, It's probably my favorite uh, mechanism out there. 
And when you really? combine it with dice, I, uh, yeah, I love rolling dice. So you have a dice placement game. I absolutely love them. Marco Polo, and I'm just looking behind me in the mirror here. I have Roll Camera that I, I recently soloed. I, I love that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but Draft and I enjoy as well. But um, I would rank them... Uh, I, I don't consider them the same forms of uh, game mechanism as far as drafting and work of dice. I agree, I agree. Yes. I feel like, yeah, I feel like they're different, different enough. Yep. But yeah, great question. Thanks, Scott. Yep. Um, for okay. me, I like dice worker placement. I love dice drafting. Worker placement drafting. for me is surprisingly a lower... When I did my top 10 favorite mechanisms, worker placement did not make my top 10. Oh, really? And that's not to say wow. I don't love it. I do love it. Okay. There's just things I love more. I mean, worker placement to me... I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's so ubiquitous. It's so common. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, it's it's tough to find something that does something really eye catching for it. Although that's yeah. not fair. I mean, cool new ideas for workplace come out all the time. Yep, that's true. Okay, uh, let's go. Oh, wow! This is uh, Goblin asks, "Would you rather this or a live audience physically there?" Well, we just did the live audience. At Dice we just Star did West. one at Dice Star West. That's right. So. Now, Dice Hard West, like, for those of you that didn't go there, I mean, you if, if you were there, yeah, it was a special treat to see uh, Richard running around, literally physically running around, uh, asking, you know, talking to the audience. And uh, also, you, you frightened me to death when you jumped off the stage at one point. <laughs> and then I saw you limping later on. And the audience didn't catch that. me. Oh, no. Well, yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh. So that was a real treat. But I don't know. As far as doing this, I, I, I mean, the live audience, again, it's a different feel. You know, we're literally talking to a screen right now, knowing that there's uh, 70-something people there. Yeah. But live, you actually see those faces staring yeah. back at you. So it, it's, I don't and know, I do you have a preference? I, I think I, I mean, putting aside technical difficulties, just talking about the, yeah. you know, the, the, the raw act of doing it, I think I prefer this because it's easier. Um, you know, I've yeah. done shows in front of live audience before, and it's literally terrifying and um you know if you do a joke and it doesn't land oh who cares i mean I, if you're laughing that's all i care about if i do a yeah. joke in front of a in front of 70 live people and it doesn't land it's like oh okay i'm just gonna be yeah. here hiding under the table now for the rest of the show thanks <laughs> um you know it's just so much right. more difficult yeah yeah i i agree i i'd rather do this because you know it's it just it's easier all, all around yeah okay uh let's get another question here um uh, mainly for richard this question says uh, have you ever considered keeping an apiary to make your own honey and to boost bee population as a side Jen effect? has talked about it many, many times. That is 100% on her bucket list. Before we die, at some point, someplace we live, we will have an apiary. Definitely. Awesome. How about you? Uh, it's funny. Uh, before we went live today, folks, we were talking about the game Three Sisters. And yes. I learned I learned about all about apiaries thanks to that <laughs> game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, final question uh, for today. Uh, then we'll get going. Uh, who's reprinting SOS Time Night? What's that? Oh, oh uh, that is, uh, it's, what's it called? The Gaming Goat. And oh, you know, it's, yeah. uh, 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 the, yeah. the, the, the head of the publisher Gaming Goat is, is a, is, a, is just a straight up dick online. And he kind of revels in, oh, I love being a dick and I love being a jerk to people. Um, mm-hmm. and I surround myself with people who say I'm nice. So really, I think I'm nice. And that gives me an excuse to be a jerk online. And he was a jerk. There was a big brouhaha about a game he had on Kickstarter and um, and as it happens, he's also republishing SOS Titanic. Pretty much every designer who works with him, after this big brouhaha that happened a few months ago with the, the fishing game, uh, has all said, boy, can I cancel my contract with you? Um, because you were pretty much a monster the way you comported yourself. And, I mean, of course, he himself thinks he's just completely misunderstood. And it's all a joke. And can't people just take a joke and kind of a thing? But you're just, you, you are, he, he's purposely 
inflammatory. And um, maybe he's a great guy in real life. I doubt I'll ever meet him, but I don't have time for jerks like that. He knows he's being a jerk. He loves it. And um, I got to go because I'm going to have to call this back. Yeah. I've hung up, but it'll come back in a few minutes. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I didn't really, uh, I, I should have vetted that question. I wasn't ah, really sure. It's, I mean, you, yeah. my, my, my bad. Like, I, I don't want to end the show on that note. You know, uh, why don't All right, we one uh, more. do this? And by the way, once we don't we'll... answer, they stay in the queue for next week, too. Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah. cool. Why don't we do more. that then? Well, um, actually, there is no more. Oh, um, no. Well, we got, we got ahead yeah. of ourselves. Yeah, that was it. But, okay, yeah, we got things to do, folks. Thanks for sticking around for an extended R and R. R and R. We're we're not recording anymore, so I I think we could drop the R and R. But that was a lot of fun, as always. Appreciate everyone hanging out uh, with us today. Um, Don't forget, if you've got an Amazon Prime subscription, you get a free Twitch sub as well, one per month. Yes, we should have mentioned that up front. Uh, All the goodies, the discounts on merch. Oh, by the way, I finally got around to it. If you scroll down, there's a merch button. If you click the picture, it goes to the merch page. The um, There's still the Rotto logo, but now there's the R&R logo as well. You know, the, the cute. Um, I, I, I finally got the permission, got it up there. So if you would like um, to adorn your chest or your the back of your phone or whatever it might be with a cute, adorable picture of this mug and that mug, uh, scroll down. And if you are a subscriber, which is free, if you're an Amazon Prime, you'll get 20% off, plus all kinds of other benefits. Ooh, right. nice. I got to okay. get one of those myself. I, I so love that little cartoon of us. It's just so cute. Yeah, I want I want one of those shirts, too. Yeah, I need um, to send you some stuff, definitely. I will please, get on please that, do. along with everything else. Let's uh, let's rate rating? someone. Uh, someone in chat mentioned that Dave uh, Luzapalooza is actually soloing Ark Nova right now. Whoa! So. Well, that would be very... Appre- yes, he is. Look at that. I... Let's do that. All right. Yeah. I mean, um, you, you can see for yourself, folks, it lives up to all of the hype. It is ridiculous yeah. just how phenomenal this yeah. game is. And plus, I, I mean, seriously, I played it once this weekend, immediately top 50 easily all time. I, I need to figure out where it ranks for yep. me. Yeah. And the same is true for Jen. Um, we just did her yeah. monthly Jen jog thing, which is something you get to watch if you back on Patreon. Uh, Jen ranks all of the games she played over the month. And uh, yeah, Ark Nova came out number one for her too. She was blown away. She gave it a very rare five out of five stars. Wow. Which um, she yeah, pretty well much deserved. never does. Uh, well deserved. Yeah. Yep. So it, it, okay. it, it, is, it is definitely all that and a bag of chips. So um, uh, go say hi to Dave and you'll get to hear um, Nina's 99 loop balloons uh, <laughs> you know, floating in the summer sky. So go, 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 go. I've hit the button and we will see if they went, 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 went. Okay. All right. And it looks like he's he's right in the middle of making a big tough decision, and here we come nice. with a party of fifty-seven. And he looked away right when we came in. Okay. Oh, there he is. Oh, he says. <laughs> okay. Cool. Oh, he has no music. Oh, I no. lied to everyone. He doesn't. There are no uh, loop balloons. Uh, oh, it might disappointed. Not be working. Yeah. Disappointed. But okay. Anyway. Okay, cool. Um, Cool. I will see you uh, next week. Well, next week. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. And where's the button? There we go. Ending the stream.